What's going on out there, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of Screenspeak, the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. My name's Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and as always, I thank each and every one of you for coming by and giving it a listen. This episode is a very special one for me because it marks the 100th episode of this podcast. Wow. Before I say anything further on that, I have to take a moment and acknowledge and again thank you, the listeners, because I would not have made it to 100 episodes without you. Without your attention, without your time, without your support of the show, none of this is possible without you. So again, thank you very much for being a listener of this show. Whether you are just tuning into the show or you have been here since the beginning, I seriously appreciate each and every one of you and above all, appreciate you for supporting and being a willing participant to engage more and dive deeper with me into the world of movies, art, and entertainment. Because of all this, I decided to do something I've never done before in the history of the show, which is to host my first ever live episode of ScreenSpeak. Now, what you're about to listen to is just that, the live recording of the show. Originally, this was recorded on November 2nd at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time and made its debut over Instagram. Now, the reason I decided Instagram as opposed to YouTube for the first ever live show is for two reasons. One, my primary social media activity share for the podcast takes place there, and that's where I'm trying to build the most online presence at right now outside of Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. And because my show is primarily audio-based for the moment, I didn't see a need to try to steer everyone over to YouTube when I haven't really had the time, honestly, to make a fully fleshed out and realized channel for the podcast over there that supports video. And the last reason, I think, is because I think in its own way, it gave the episode an exclusivity vibe, if you will, meaning that you had to be on Instagram in order to see the video in all its well-produced glory. And speaking of well-produced glory, I have to give a quick shout-out to Jake Daniels, Michael Huntington, and the entirety of the Mediaverse Studios team in Marengo, Iowa, for having myself out there to record and produce this 100th episode of ScreenSpeak. Originally, I was just planning on doing this all out of my home office and just essentially having a long conversation with myself and taking the time to answer your questions that you submitted. But I think the way it worked out was way better because of the added video component, of course, uh, for those that are watching live on Instagram. And of course, having good people there with me to bounce the questions that you all sent off to have a good time with. So thanks again to those guys and their work on this episode. It is possible that you may see me doing more with them down the road creatively, whether it be for the podcast or other stuff. Who knows? Only time will tell. But again, shout out and thanks to Mediaverse Studios. Now, let me go ahead and tell you what you can expect for this episode, and then we'll just get into it. So I treated this episode as an AMA episode, and that means ask me anything. So a few weeks prior, I put up the bat signal and I asked for your listener questions to read live on the show and answer in real time. And I can say I was definitely delighted by the number of questions that I received and a really good range of questions too. Everything from your standard fare, like what inspired you to start ScreenSpeak, and some more fun and nuanced questions like if you were to change the ending of any movie, what would it be and why? Or what are your thoughts on the state of streaming that we live in right now and the current abundance or overabundance of content that it provides to us? There's terrific questions like that and a lot more that I get to play around with and answer in this episode. So if you were one of those people that did take the time to send me a question, thank you. 
seriously, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. I love seeing the questions pour in. I got more than I was expecting, and it actually makes me think that this would be something to do again, because I really love having that level of engagement with you directly, and I'd like to be able to have it happen as often uh, and as frequently as possible on the podcast when it makes sense to do so. Uh, So again, really thank you so very much for doing that. So like I said in the episode, I answer a lot of questions, I have some fun with Jake and Michael, and I even have fun playing a game in there, uh, at least with Jake, I don't believe Michael came into that point uh, of the episode, but it is a lot of fun the game that I play with Jake, so you'll have to let me know what you think about that. So definitely listen to and enjoy this episode and let me know what your thoughts are on it. Did you like the AMA format for the episode? Is this something that you would maybe be interested in seeing again? Whatever the case is, send me a comment or message on social or email the podcast at any point and let me know. All that contact information for the podcast is in the description of this and every episode of ScreenSpeak, so just look in there and go ahead and get a hold of me. And finally, last thing, almost last thing, if you have not done so already or if this is your first time checking out ScreenSpeak, please go ahead and do me a solid and hit that follow button. Those follows help to build the show, it gets it to spread more to the movie lovers across the globe, and it gives this show more weight. So please, please take a moment to do that. Would absolutely love you and appreciate you forever if you do. Not that I don't for just being a listener, but I mean, come on, if you're a follower, I'm going to appreciate you that much more. And who knows, maybe one day I'll find a way to to do something just for the followers of the podcast. Who knows? You know, it's never too late to throw out an idea like that. So we'll see. All right. All right. I think that's enough of an intro. So thanks again for listening and supporting ScreenSpeak for 100 episodes. A lot more episodes to come. But for now, you sit back, relax, and enjoy this first ever live episode of ScreenSpeak. Cheers. If you're just catching in on the live stream, this is the ScreenSpeak Live episode 100. That's right, 100 first live ever episode i should uh i should add for the podcast so hopefully it's going well or if it's going like shit tell me tell me be like this fucking sucks let me know (laughs) i will i will happily acknowledge it live on the air but i i I don't think that's the case um okay i got a couple more questions here and then i'm gonna kind of switch things up here in the episode i gotta keep you on your toes okay so this next question how do independent film festivals contribute to the industry and conversations that are had around movies? Fantastic question for this, because especially what I just mentioned about covering independent film festivals, specifically here in the state of Iowa, because that's where I know a lot of the listener base for this podcast is at. Um, I think independent film festivals contribute to the industry just broadly to answer that question in a lot of great ways. I mean, this is an avenue for young, up-and-coming, experimental filmmakers to put their creations together and have it be seen by an audience that's going to take them seriously. It's also a place where the distributors will get together, and of course they have their own ways of scouting movies and whatnot, and figure out ways to pick up these movies and distribute them and figure out different distribution channels and whatnot. So from a business level, there's absolutely merit to the film festivals just on that level alone. Um, the other thing about it too, is I think there's a lot of buzz that can generate from film festivals and with the age of social media that we live in, it makes it entirely easier for those people to get together and just share that shit. 
whether it be on Instagram you know, or am I supposed to call it X, Twitter, whatever the hell I'm supposed to call that. Um, you know, Instagram, the, the TikTok, Snapchat, I mean, like Facebook. There's a million platforms now where content creators, excuse me, not content creators, but filmmakers are able to have their voice heard right now. And I think film festivals are a great avenue for that. Now, as far as kind of tying it here into Iowa, the state of Iowa, if you're listening to this, for especially for anybody that's not from this state, I think this is important to hear. Um, there is a lot of creative content that is happening here in the state, and it needs a louder voice because, granted, in the scheme of things in the United States, Iowa is not going to be your first hotspot when you come to thinking of film um, film production, entertainment, things like that. You're going to think of places like California, New York, uh, Austin, Texas, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's a lot of things that are moving and shaking here in the state. And a film festival does not need to be Sundance to have special projects be produced and created at it. So if in my own small way I think I can bring a voice to that, I would certainly like to do that. But I think here in the state, to answer the question, I think it produces it produces conversations that might not ordinarily be had here because you have a group of people in the state that are pushing their creativity and their arts to a broader audience here in the state. And they're kind of challenging against that norm of oh, this is just the flyover state with the corn and everything like that. It's changing. It's changing. And film festivals can help people have conversations about things like that um, just by, you know, taking them in and just giving yourself the opportunity to go to them. Um, last question here before I switch over to another section here. This one I'm going to try not to ramble on because if you're interested actually in my thoughts on this, I did an episode where I talked a lot about this subject, so I won't go crazy on this. How do you feel about streaming services and the abundance of content that they are providing? Uh, (laughs) This one's a tough question not to go all old man yelling at the clouds kind of thing. Um, Look, on the positive side, streaming presents wonderful opportunities for people that ordinarily would not be able to qualify for theatrical distribution to go ahead and get content out there. It allows a lot of different things to get made that I don't think ordinarily would. So on that respect, of course, I'm not anti-streaming, right? But... I do think that's something that I certainly feel right now, and it's maybe just because I'm so steeped into paying attention to what all these different creators and filmmakers are doing, it's overwhelming. I mean, it, it can be really overwhelming trying to pick out content from the plethora of streaming services that you have to pick from, be it Netflix and HBO and Hulu and Paramount Plus and Peacock, and you know, like the list goes on and on and on. And you know, it's like if if you have a job, you have a job, you have a family, you, you have friends, you have projects like this that you're working on. I don't know how you can expect to keep up with all of it. And I feel like there's a lot of that being felt right now in society where people are just burnt out on trying to keep up with everything. So the, 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 the con on this is that I think it makes it really challenging for people to decide where to invest their time. Um, people are constantly being pulled in a lot of different directions right now. So I think with Unfortunately, the the ease and accessibility of technology that's offered to make a lot of this stuff and get it produced out there, I also think it is kind of dangerous and sometimes people need to slow it down and not just be so quick to just keep producing, 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 but take your time with things and actually put out something that has some quality and meat to it 
and will have some rewatchability most importantly so that you're not having to feel like, okay, now, now I put this out and now the, you know another year's coming up and I got to have something else out. I think you have to really focus on the quality over the quantity. Um, and I think of that from the viewer because the average viewer does not have all that time unless they are unemployed uh, or maybe living on disability. I don't know. You have all the time in the world to sit around and watch stuff. Fantastic if you do. Tell me what's good. Um, <laughs> okay. Fun questions. Because <clears throat> I think these were like very like, you know, serious kind of standard questions on here. I got some fun ones that got submitted on here. I actually, if it's not, if it's not terrible, Jake, do you want to come over here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summon you. Tapping in. Here. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping him in. Here, I'm going to move, move this around over here. <clears throat> the reason why I'm bringing in one of the producers here of Mediaverse is, A, because not that I don't enjoy rambling to myself and, and, of course, to you, but these are fun questions, so I'd like to hear his answers to some of this stuff, too. So I think it'll be a good time. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey, Jordan. What's going on? Oh, man. Mediaverse Studio shout out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to have you, man. Now you have you've told me as well that nobody has nobody used this backdrop yet. This is the because you have time. a couple backdrops. Yeah. So over there we have our horror podcast set, and that yeah. was uh, a recent podcast we did with Carson Morrissey. Uh, we sat yes. over there and had a really great time, and then over here we've used this over here we've used this a few times. Carson is a. A, an encyclopedia when it comes to horror. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, she's brilliant. Yes. Um, yeah, over here we have our study set. But yeah, this is the first time anyone has seen awesome. uh, this cinema set put in action. I love it. Love it. So I have fun questions that got submitted from the listeners of ScreenSpeak. And I mean, of course, I can answer these to myself, but I'm like, we'll, we'll, we'll bounce these off each other. Let's like just see. It. Let's just see where this goes. So. One one of the people that asked me a question, they asked, if you could cast yourself in a movie, what type of role would you choose oh, to be in a movie? Now, you've done some short films. I I, I know that. So like you could cheat and just, just say that. But. One of our movies? No. Um, <laughs> man, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, it's tricky. And it could be any role in any movie? Yeah. Uh, they say, hey, if you can cast yourself in a movie, what type of role would you choose? What type of role? Okay, so yeah. I mean, man, a lot of ways you could like answer that. I would love to be a part of anything. Oh, I love the Alien franchise. Mm. Okay, so I'd love to have been. You know, a there's part a TV series that's being made right now for that. I have, what? A Fetty Alvarez, the guy that made the Evil Dead and stuff, the the remake stuff. He's he's seriously. Doing it. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think it's actually in production right now, that's or it might have gotten on hold from like the strikes and whatnot, but it, it hey, is happening. Listen. I would love to be in the Alien <clears throat> franchise. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, if you're still shooting that show, get me <laughs> on. Cast, no. No, uh, wait, and no. I'm not an actor either, but I would just love to be a But wait, if you're in capacity. the Alien show, like, are you going to be like one of the first explorers that like discovers the eggs? Are you are you staying on the ship? Like, like who who are you in no, the movie? Are you, my... you get killed by it? Absolutely, yeah. My personality is, <laughs> is such that... No, no hesitation. <laughs> I would absolutely be the guy looking into that, like, ooh, what's this? And then, you know? <laughs> Like, that's who I am, I think, just as in terms mm. of, like, I'm definitely the cat that got killed by curiosity. I'm trying to think for myself. So, like, if I could cast myself in a movie. Now, I mean, first off, I, I kind of almost read that. Like, would that mean, like, I'm playing myself, like, doing some, like, unbearable weight of massive talent thing oh. where I'm, like, I'm, like going meta with yeah, it and doing that? But I was like, no, no, no. I, I don't think that's how I took the question. So, I think for me, 
I mean, science fiction, I do gravitate towards that genre. So if there's like a sci-fi role, I mean, that would be very, very cool. Um, I would also think that because I don't have acting chops or at least professionally i would want to probably be like a like a character actor kind of role oh, sure, sure. um I, I, de- I definitely want to want to try to like lead a picture or something like that mm-hmm. just to start um i think it'd be fun to be like the not like like smart alex sidekick friend or something like that but like i would like to be like a buddy to somebody in a movie yeah, like if there was like a buddy that. relationship in there i'd like to be like the sidekick that's like oh i really like that that guy's always like hanging around him I'd like to be something I can like that. that. Yeah, you've got yeah. the vibe for that. I, I don't know, sure. like, why that's what, that's where I go to with it. <laughs> you're the I, one that, like, in the all is lost moment, you're the one that, like, shows up and brings them out of their pit. Yeah. And you're, you know, you get yeah. the, the third act going. Okay, let me ask you this. This is another um, This is another question that got submitted here. And again, thanks, thanks everybody that took the time to either yeah, uh, DM me email me uh, i do have a voicemail thing that i was trying to do we'll save that one towards the end but we'll we'll we'll, we'll get there um here's this question what is the strangest movie recommendation that you have received that you actually did enjoy despite going into it being like really skeptical oh man there's some good questions like you all submitted that some is a good great ones question <laughs> um yeah it's tough. I'm gonna let you think about that. I had that a friend I recommend <laughs> Dead Alive to me. And what is that? Uh, that is. You don't know what Dead Alive is? Oh, I'm I don't, so thrilled I get to think, tell I you what so. this movie is. Yeah, tell me about it. Okay, so Dead Alive is directed by Peter Jackson. Okay, like, like Lord the, of the Rings. Yeah, Peter Jackson. Lord of the Rings. And this was okay. back in the earlier mid '80s in New Zealand. It was shot in New Zealand, of course. Um, back when you know they were trying to build up their you know, their film and artistic industry. Yeah. And so <laughs> he developed this movie. It also goes by the title Brain Dead. You might know mm. that. No, I mean, okay. I no. Um, Usually, like, when I think of, like, Peter Jackson early works, there's that movie he did with Michael J. Fox, The, the Frighteners. Is that it? I love um, similar. Same I, I, I feel like Frighteners. that's, yep. like, the earliest exposure I can yep. think of with him, but I, I can't say I've heard of that. Same, spiritually similar. Like, it's very that horror comedy yeah. kind of over-the-top, you know, just silliness. Um, but, man, it is it's sort of a zombie movie. Yeah. I suppose it's like this um, evil monster rat, you know, bites a lady and she turns into a zombie, and <laughs> so it turns into a zombie. <clears throat> and there's a guy that's trying to hide all of this from the woman he loves, and uh-huh. the whole town essentially. There's just hilarious one-liners. <laughs> there's gallons and sorry, liters and liters of blood. I think that on mm. set they use something like three thousand liters of fake blood. Whoa. In this movie, there's oh my god, dude! This wow. movie is and the practical effects on this thing. Well, I was just about to say when you say it's that much blood, it's got to be practical. Yes, has to yes. be so many practical effects, mm. and they're brilliant. Like yeah. they're even for like the age, even for today's standards, these it things hold up. up because there's literally yeah. like there's a shot of like a dude's face getting ripped off, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, like a zombie like punches <laughs> through this lady's mouth, and it looks it's so realistic. Mm. Um. And I think it goes down on the list of like some of the best best practical effects out there. I could do a whole uh, podcast on practical effects. Oh like, there's God. a lot I could say, and also on blood squibs. By the way, when people get shot, Ooh, you know, like yeah, the actual yeah, yeah. blood, like not the, the CGI shit, but like the the real stuff. Yeah, you gotta see, you yes. gotta see Dead Alive, man. It's, it's um, great. I'm trying to think to answer that question. Strangest movie recommendations that I've enjoyed. Um, it's going to take me a second to try to piece this together. I, I know one that comes to mind, weirdly enough, is the movie Stranger Than Fiction uh, with Will oh, Ferrell. That's a good movie. Um, 
a friend of mine a long time ago recommended that one to me, and I, and I definitely didn't see it when it came out, which I want to say is around like 2006, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I think it could be off a little bit. Um, but Will Ferrell, I mean, one, stepping in the dramatic territory, I mean, that always kind of, you know, certainly makes you kind of take a second glass, uh, glance because you're like, hmm, person kind of steer, you know, steering mm-hmm. out of what they're typically known for, which, by the way, any actors that happen to be listening to this, don't get boxed in. Seriously, don't get boxed in. I love it when people break convention yeah. and they do something that you're not going to expect. I like um, it especially after they've been typecast. Like oh yeah, Will Ferrell, you know he's the funny man, but then to see him go into a dramatic. Oh role, yeah, and it's or, not his first time he's done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to the movie Everything Must Go. If uh, anybody ever wants to see like a good just kind of solo Will Ferrell movie, um, it's almost like a one man show practically because oh, cool. he's in it for a lot of yeah. it. Um, really good movie, but. Stranger Than Fiction, I guess the reason why I think that's a strange one to me, I guess maybe that's how the title kind of forms in there. Um, A, you have Will Ferrell kind of breaking convention. It's a very different story narratively in how it's told. Uh, Mark Forster, the guy that did, I want to say he did 500 Days of Summer. Could be be off on that. Um, But it is not told narratively traditionally because it's almost like, almost breaking the fourth wall in, in a way because it is a story where the characters in the written story turn out to actually be real. And so like, nice. it's like, it's like okay. playing with reality the whole time. And so yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of a mind trip of a movie. Um, but it actually really has a beautiful message uh, about just kind of, you know, not trying to like overthink and over anticipate your life, but just kind of going with the flow of the ups and downs. Like it's a great movie. So I, I would definitely, uh, definitely recommend that one. Nice. Okay. Next question. Ooh. Do you, Jake, have any movie rituals or habits that you insist upon when you are watching movies? <clears throat> it depends. Whether they be at home or in a theater, I should sure, also sure. say that because there's definitely a difference. It changes. Yeah, so it changes on the yeah. setting, right? Am I watching it by myself? Am I watching it with someone? Or am I watching mm, it in a theater? Right. Those are three different rituals. Um, by myself, I have to have completely dark. Like I can't yes. have any, any uh, ancillary lights on. I got to have Absolutely. some kind of food, some kind of drink. I've got to be very comfortable. Yep. Um, and I need to basically like shut my phone off and just immerse myself in the movie. Unless it's like, if I'm, if I'm dedicating time to watch the movie, you know, if I'm doing a project or something and I put on something that I've seen a million times before, that's different. Yeah. But if I'm like going in for the experience, I've got to like fully immerse myself in it. You know, I think my favorite <sighs> solo film experience at home is I put a hammock in my living room <laughs> And like had a beer a nice and thing. just put on. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's that's what I watched. Skinnamarink. What you remember? Did you ever hear that movie? Mm-mm. Okay, so no. Skinnamarink is a analog horror, very experimental. You're definitely a horror guy. I do, yeah, it's got a, it's generally always <laughs> horror for me, but I like all the kinds of movies. No, it's cool. Um, this just happened to be around Halloween last year, I think. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was kind of that experimental analog horror that came out from the. This guy that did YouTube videos, mm. and he did like a series of YouTube videos that were analog horror, and just made a feature uh, with this story. And not a lot of people got it, mm-hmm. you know, because it came under a lot of like backlash, like, oh, why is this, you know, so popular? But it got actually a theatrical release. Uh, it sort of went viral. <laughs> but when you watch it in the right setting, you watch it completely dark with the volume turned up all alone, you, you sort of start to get it. And the fact yeah. that they're they're really capturing the sense of these children that are home alone watching cartoons, and there's some sort of malevolent presence in the house. Yeah. Um, but hmm. it's it's all environment, and this movie is built based on that. So that helped. 
Interesting. I'll definitely have to take a look at that one. Cause, and in general, horror, you know, as far as the genre goes, everybody, it's definitely probably like my least educated one, I guess. Uh, um, though, though, actually, <laughs> weirdly enough, uh, went over to my mother's house with my wife uh, on Halloween, of course. of course. And, you know, we brought over, I brought over a bunch of physical media, uh, Blu-rays and 4Ks and whatnot, because I still do that. Advocate for physical media. Don't let it go away. Sorry, just got to throw that in there. We love um, physical media. And... I knew that she'd probably like want to watch like Young Frankenstein, something like that, because oh, like really? that's always it's always a classic, and like yeah. she loves that movie, and I'm and I'm fine with it. But like I I I was going through the collection and and, and bringing a bunch of movies over. I owned a lot more horror movies than I gave myself credit for. Well, there you go. Like it was a lot more than I thought. Like there was like Crawl, the alligator movie. Oh yeah. Um, Lake Placid, which that's. Also Weirdly enough, I'm just movie. thinking alligator movies, um, like <laughs> The Shining, Doctor Sleep. I had like arachnophobia. Like I, I had a, yeah, man. I had like a pretty good range, and I was looking. I'm like, I got like. I've brought, my wife laughs. I brought 25 movies over, and she's like, <laughs> "Why are you bringing that much? Like, we're we're not even gonna have time for like all these." I'm like, "I want options. there to be options. options. Like, people need to select. I don't know what they're gonna be in the mood for. Right. Like, it's 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 what I think about. Absolutely. Um. Okay, but movie rituals myself. Yeah, you know, so I, I've been called – I admit, I, I've been probably called a tight ass when it comes to watching movies sometimes yeah. because I respect the craft of filmmaking so, so much. And I understand how many people it takes. I mean, it takes an army to make a movie. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's like a smaller one. If it's an army of 10, you got an army of 1,000. It's a lot of people that it takes to go ahead and collaborate, make it, distribute it, etc. So that being said, I almost take watching a movie – Almost like I'm watching like a stage play live, yeah. at least the first time. You know, I mean, if I've seen something like a bunch of times, like yeah. you know, I'll, I might talk the... through it a little bit or you know, have some fun. Give it the reverence it it deserves. Exactly. No, exactly. Because and, and even if it's like at home, I'm like, I'm about to watch somebody's work that they probably busted their ass on for God knows yeah. how long. Like you said, the lights got to be off. I'm not going to talk. The phone is way the hell over yeah. there. It's not going to be anywhere near me. And I give it my full attention. That's what I want. I want full immersion on that. Um, that being said, okay. Yeah. So if my partner and I are watching a movie and we're, we're doing that, you know, it's quiet. Yeah. No one's talking. Phones are gone. Um, and then, you know, we start to get pulled out of the movie. It's, you know, some yeah. some line doesn't land right or the, the cinematography is off or whatever. And we start to realize, okay, maybe this movie isn't – maybe it's a bit of a yeah. stinker or whatever. Yeah. Then, then we kind of like allow ourselves to talk and maybe like, okay, are we going to roast this now? Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's have yeah. fun. You know, yes. And then it's still a good time. <laughs> yes. You know? And, and, and that, that is the experience that can definitely happen when you're with a person, right? Yes. Because, like, if you're alone, like, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, this thing kind of sucks. Like, I'll just start, you know, making commentary about it. Unless you're sure. going to be weird and record, like, your own, like, DVD commentary sort of thing. Maybe you'll do that. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, um, shout out to the bonus features again on physical media. I keep promoting physical media. But um, commentaries are great. Like, seriously, I really wish more people would take the time to actually go back and listen to some filmmakers' commentaries. It's amazing. You will learn all kinds of things either about the craft or just about how a filmmaker looks at viewing one of their own movies. It's was, it's incredible. I was talking to Chase Stein in one of our podcasts, and he was talking about he got into filmmaking because of the intensely, or intensely deep uh behind the scenes featurette that they did for one of the star wars films mm. and okay. he saw like how the sausage was made and he loved star wars sure and then he watched this and like how they did everything and that's like okay i want to do that like i'm going to be a filmmaker because yeah. of how they showed me how 
you know, how to do all these things. Yes. And I always actually think an interesting thing just on the subject of behind the scenes. And, and, and I, I have a theory on, on what I'm about to kind of, you know, gripe about a bit. But obviously, like certain behind the scenes featurettes on films are going to be more in depth than others, whether that's just the amount of time they have to get it to be produced, because there's actually like a whole industry of people that that's what they make. They make behind the scenes content for films. People almost don't even talk about that, but it's a whole subset industry within entertainment. Um, but what I always kind of find is I'm like, why don't you see more in behind the scenes where they're actually like just showing the uncut version of like a scene being shot because you know, oh, you know like yeah. you'll see like little snippets of it right like they'll show like a couple seconds of like you know the you know camera operator doing something a boom mic up here you know cranes moving around but they don't just let it actually show it breathing and like in its full sure, thing sure. And, and my suspicion for this is that it's almost like a magician revealing the trick if they show too much yeah. maybe they don't want to reveal the ways that they're doing it or it's just they're not thinking about it from that level sure. but i'm always curious because i'm like why the hell are you not showing me more i want right. to see i want to see actors in the scene just do it without all the effects and stuff growing in there i want to see it but that's just me um okay i got a couple more questions on this section here <laughs> what are your most uh quotable movie lines somebody asked me that Oh my gosh. I mean, this one's probably like not as hard, you know. I mean, like, you can think we're going to need a bigger boat and things oh, like yeah. that. Right? You oh, know, man, a lot of so big ones. Quotable. I think that, okay, so a lot of Will Ferrell's movies are just endlessly quotable. He does have a lot. You Step know, Brothers. Step Brothers. Yeah. Uh, the other guys. Yep. I can think of any other Will Ferrell movie right now. Michael uh, Anchorman, of course. Anchorman, thank you. Yeah. Jeez. Um, Adam Sandler movies. If you're, if you're looking for like a funny quip or a comeback, like any of those one-liners that come out of them are just hilarious. Um, and now that I'm on the spot, I can't think of any other like quotable lines, but there's so many. The one that's coming to mind right now because Thanksgiving is the next like holiday coming up is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. And you've got just you John have, Candy and Steve movie. Martin just killing it, having the best time of life making this movie. And I just keep thinking of, uh, oh my God. Every now and then I'll just say like, those aren't pillows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they... Uh, if I'm like doing laundry or something. So I think this... The, either this year or this last year, they did release it on 4K finally. And there is oh, right. an exclusive, I want to say, like about 17 minutes of never before seen deleted scenes from the movie. So, like, if oh, you're cool. like a student of John Hughes and that sort of thing, Let's I would definitely it. recommend taking a look at that. Um, one of the things always on that movie that I find very, very interesting, and I have seen the behind the scene, excuse me, deleted scene for it. Um, Spoiler for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I imagine you've seen it by now. If you haven't, what, what the hell are you doing? Come on. Um, towards the end, you find out that Dell doesn't have a home. Right. Right. You know, you get this heartbreaking sequence in the train station where, you know, he's just like, so I, don't, I don't have a home. Right. And then it cuts, of course, to the iconic shot of them walking down the street the holding, trunk, yeah. the, holding the trunk. Right. It's, it's amazing. You know, the every time you go away song is like playing and <laughs> you're just like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm ready. But interestingly enough, there is a monologue that John Candy gives and you can watch it. Oh, like he gives it like when he's in the train station, like further explaining what's happened. Like, where's his wife? Like, why is he all there? Wow. And it's actually like a really good piece of acting, but it's sort of like debatable if you think it was good that it was cut. Cause Steve Martin's on the record saying that he wishes it wasn't cut really? because he thinks it's just like a great piece of acting from, sure. from John Candy. I mean, yeah, John Candy was an incredibly yeah. capable actor. 
It's really like, interesting. And he was always cast like the big funny guy, but man, he could actually like get yes. to someplace. It was impressive. The other thing that I saw, I, I remember those behind the scenes got released because I remember seeing on yeah. on social media just this clip of John Candy like eating a chili dog and smoking a cigarette at the same time. <laughs> it's like the most disgusting thing. It's just like, give me like a solid like three minute take of you just eating and smoking in the grossest way you can imagine. And he's like flicking this little like thing that falls off the hot dog at somebody. So there is a... So actually, shout, shout out to past Screenspeak episodes. I have an episode where I talk all about planes, trains, and automobiles. So if you want to oh, listen nice. to my full thoughts on it, you can definitely check that out. You will but link it in the show notes. I don't think I mentioned it in that episode, so I'll mention it now because I always think it is one of the most brilliant fucking edits that I've ever seen in the film. Okay, this is, I'm, I'm giving it really high praise. I'm all going right. for it. So in the movie, early on, first act, you have John Candy sitting across from Steve Martin, and there's the moment where they're looking at each other. They're not saying anything. Oh, right. But they're looking, and they're like, I know I know you from somewhere, right? right? They're having this moment. They're just kind of like, you know, like looking, like, where do I know this guy from? And they do this brilliant superimposition. Like, I don't even know how they did it special effects, where, like, they show in in his mind his John Candy's kind of, like, silly, delirious face when he's just like, Oh, like in the, taxi right, cab, right, right, in the taxi cab, but they stole. like superimpose it in the airport. Like right. the taxi door is in the airport. Like it's not like just like a flashback to the scene. Oh, like they made it a set piece of a taxi yes. door like, and then yes. him back in that same costume like, yes. back in there. And it's like, oh, it, it, it's like, it's maybe like two seconds. Like right. it is like quick. It is very quick. But like <laughs> I've always gone back and I'm just like. I appreciate that they did that. Right. That they didn't just like go to like, you know, just like a quick a flashback, flashback to, to the clip they already shot. They built the taxi in the airport. That's cool. I love I love seeing attention to detail like that. So anyway, shout out to that guy. Whoever did the editing on that, you're amazing. I hope you're alive. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. What are your thoughts on guilty pleasure movies? I got a hot take on this, but Oh I, really? I, yeah. Um okay, yeah, absolutely have guilty pleasure movies. I mean like yeah. you, you gotta You've got to have the ones that you just, yeah. I don't know, you're ashamed to love. <laughs> Do you have any examples? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's going to be a horror movie. Right. And it's going to be probably Malignant. I don't know if you've seen that one. That's a James Wan movie. Yeah, I have not seen it. I've heard of it. Like, filmic-wise, it's, it's, not, it's not that old, right? It's, it's not like that old, but it's not great. But, oh my god, it's the most fun movie like just to watch it is such a fun experience to, like sit down and just enjoy this thing because it's absolutely bonkers mm. um same with like i'm trying to think of here mm. okay guilty pleasure movies yeah it's tough it's putting you on the spot it's supposed it, to be it is spot, it but... is yeah well, okay no your turn you talk i'm gonna think about this a minute um okay so i'll, I'll start with the hot take but i will answer the question um I actually don't believe in guilty pleasure movies. Okay? Okay. No, I'll tell you where I'm coming from for this. It's not to be different or anything like that. I just think you should like what you like and you should own it. It shouldn't... Don't feel guilty. That's fair. Like, like, just... Yeah. I like this. If it's like a dumpster fire that the critics all hate and you like all the critically acclaimed stuff, that's fine. Totally fine. Mm -hmm. You don't need to feel bad about it. 
Now, I understand that that's not necessarily like, like you're taking the question kind of literally if you're looking at it like that. There are certainly movies that I like that I'm sure certain people would be surprised to be like, really? Like, with all your good taste, you like that piece of shit? Okay, okay. Um, give me an example. You, you can't just say that. Yeah, give of one. course. So, an example that comes to mind is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I love <laughs> <Okay>. that movie, <laughs> dude. Now, it's I, so bad and so great. It's such a pile of shit. It, it, it is absolutely a pile of shit, and there is way over-the-top acting with it. The scene yeah. I always go to where, like, if you're just going to, like, watch it and just laugh your ass off, there's a scene where Shao Kahn, which I can't think of the actor's name that plays him, but he, uh, weirdly enough, is in Joe Dirt. He, he puts the Joe Dirt in the hole. Um, <laughs> if you've seen that movie, that'll make sense. Um, but he does this scene where, like, he's walking into, like, this, like, palace where his evil dad is at, uh, or excuse me, the father is walking into the palace and Shao Kahn's on his throne and, you know, he's like, Shao Kahn, like, I'm here to see you. And then Shao Kahn gets up, he's like, father! And he does this <laughs> ridiculous front flip that has, like, eight fucking angles on it. <laughs> right, and you're just right, like, right. why? Why was this necessary? Why couldn't he just walk down? What the hell am I yeah, watching? Just way over the top. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a horrible movie. Yes, sir. <laughs> so cat in the hat if you're bringing up that movie uh oh, which also man. thank you shout out to what, what was his username again MC uh, i'm just gonna call you colander thank you for watching appreciate the question um i always actually think of alec baldwin in this uncomfortable shot they have where he's picking the lint out of his belly button it's super gross what yeah it's in that movie i swear I've, to god i've seen this movie why that that's what i remember <laughs> i don't know um but that's interesting very interesting. I think that Mike Myers did make a few like guilty pleasure movies, like Austin Powers. Oh, Man, they're just like hilarious to sit down and watch yeah. and have a good time with. Um, have you seen So I Married an Axe Murderer? Yes, yes. That's one of my. That's my <laughs> favorite Mike Myers movie. That's one of the first movies where he did the multiple characters, right? Because yes. yeah. he, he plays other members father, of his family like, in the yep. movie. Yep. yep. Did you see the Netflix series that he did? The new one. Uh-uh. Yeah. He plays like a bunch of people in like a secret like Illuminati society. I I can't think oh, of the name right. of it, and I feel like it just kind of came and went. I don't know right. if it was like good or bad or whatever, but that yeah, seems it's to be his way. He kind of comes and goes. I mean, I think like he made a name for himself with Wayne's World and Austin Powers yeah. and SNL. I mean, like this is actually a thought I have. Like, I'm not trying to like stem it with this, but like honestly it's it's almost like a band in the one hit wonder sometimes when i look at actors and what they're able to contribute to sure. the conversation in movies i'm like if you're lucky enough in your lifetime to make even one movie that connects with a wide audience and has staying power yeah like shit i mean bravo absolutely if you're able to sustain it over a career and make multiples i mean like god that's damn insane. like that's you, you have to appreciate that absolutely i don't know so um, next question on here, and it is the last one before I have, I have a game I'm going to play everybody, so cool. it's going to be fun. Okay. Oh God. Um, <laughs> if you could change the ending of any movie, what would it be Ooh. and how do you change it? Oh man. You're all giving me the, like these questions that I'm not going to be able to just be like, Oh, these I got it. Like, right like, off the like top give me a genre, give me a decade. <laughs> and then I can, I can maybe it could, it narrow it down for you. Um, go anywhere. Hmm? You could go anywhere. Yeah. Okay. What is a movie that you don't like the ending of? <sighs> um, <clears throat> oh, well actually I have it right off the top. Matrix revolutions. 
Yeah, okay. Third Matrix movie. Um, I think that whole movie actually works pretty well up until you get to the end. It is one of those ones where like the ending is really, to me, what kind of tears it apart. Right. Now, how would I change it? I would probably have, I guess, made neo's if you want to call it a sacrifice because i actually i don't mind what they did there like with him like actually having to like give himself to the machines sure. and everything like that um but i definitely don't think i would have ended it on like well there's like a temporary truce and uh hopefully that lasts i would probably <laughs> have it be like more definitive and be like no like he like shut down like the machine mainframe and like the humans can maybe actually come out of their their shithole right, like, maybe Zion, we're and, like, humans maybe like, start unplugging. to like un, un, unplug and like actually start to rebuild humanity sure. but, but maybe that's too you know too straightforward and they wanted something that's divisive it's hard right. for me to say but that's one that comes to mind where that ending still kind of bothers me so right. man um i think okay and this is taking from uh the, the latest james bond movie was it no time to die yeah where they actually spoiler man, alert it's, it's been out a minute they kill james bond they do right i think no. that they should have done that with top gun maverick Kill Maverick? Yeah. I think that at the end, you should not have had the heroic, you know, he, <clears throat> he like just literally, fl- what does he fly from the sunset kind of, right? Like, they have this, like, heroic shot, because Jennifer yeah. Conley gets in the plane with him, and it's, like, very right, right, romantic right, right. and sweet. But, like, back in the mission, you know, they're, they're at the point yeah. where, like, he's in the plane, and he's... You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe get the the kid ejected, and he can't, and so he like flies yeah. off and like makes his peace with his death, and then gone. Yeah. Like, that would have been a more, to me, a more satisfying ending. I know people would have rioted that Tom Cruise, you know, died in a movie. Finally, he but... doesn't really do it that often. It's kind of like 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 Clint Eastwood, like barely dies in his movies. Right? Has he ever? Let me think. Collateral. Yeah, that was that's, a that's great... See, always... that's a great yeah, movie. That's a fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's an interesting one, um, for sure. I, I do think that, like, it, it certainly would have tore the audience's heart out for the movie, because yeah. Top, Top Gun, weirdly enough, has, like, this quality where there's, like, this, I guess there's this underlying feel-good, like, pro, like, America military kind sure. of underlying, you know, pros to it, so yep. maybe they didn't want to kill Maverick, but I can see that. Um, I'm trying to think of another one, because I, I should give one more answer besides The Matrix. I'm trying to think of like a less obvious movie that's maybe not so divisive. Hmm. Hmm. What's come out recently? I'm trying to think about it recently seen. And Michael, you got anything? No, I've been thinking. I can't think of anything. Okay. I, I completely agree with Clerks 3. Uh, Clerks, yeah. Dante should have died. <laughs> No, let, let, let's let's talk what? about let, yeah. Let's okay. talk about this. Get, for a come second. sit in the chair and talk to talk yeah about yeah. Come here. I'll trade you. Did you watch Clerks, Jordan? I did. Clerks, Clerks yeah, three. We, we're we can, yeah, about. we can talk about this. All right, Michael's coming in. Yeah. Oh god. You're the you're the man that has all the the scripts autographs. Yeah, dude. I'm the <laughs> yeah, let's definitely talk about that because I actually have not had a chance to talk with anybody about this. Shout out to Michael Huntington. He's what up? What up? What's up? What do you want to know? What do you Okay, so I mean the ending of Clerks 3. Yeah. I mean like let's just talk about that for a second. What what did you think? I mean what you what you take? Um so it's actually funny cuz I was recently watching Clerks 2 again and there's that scene, well really it's the ending of the movie where it's like like you know Dante finally gets what he wants out of life. He gets a beautiful wife, he gets to open the yes. business and it's a great ending to Clerks and they open it up with like it was spoiler if you haven't seen it his wife is now dead and like that's the only thing i wished was different was that rosie o'dawson dying because her character was so good in clerks too yeah that that part hurt but to me i feel like um clerks three 
is the most beautiful ending, and I'll tell you why. Okay. We went to go see uh, Kevin Smith live in Iowa City, okay. and he explained it really well. He said that um, in the original Clerks, which you can watch the alternate version, the alternate ending, someone comes up to yeah. Dante and kills him, right? Yep. So he was like, it's weird and it's twisted, but that 20-year-old version wanted to kill Dante. So in this last movie, I let that 20-year-old first-time filmmaker get his wish and kill Dante. Right. So it was like, ah, oh, that makes so much sense. I also just think, like, Dante, like, for me, Randall dying would have been a horrible fucking ending. Dante dying makes sense. Dante's kind of, you know, I don't really <laughs> like his character that much. I watch him because of Randall. I mean, Ra- but, Randall is definitely, like, I mean, like, he, he is a scene stealer in all oh, the Clerks yeah. movies. I mean, yes. like, his, uh, I don't even want to say, like, his zaniness, but, like, he, his just doesn't give a fuck like yeah. just the way he kind of speaks like it'll shock you you don't know what comes out of his mouth well and the cool thing is and maybe i'm wrong here but i actually think kevin smith was supposed to be randall um and he really? wrote all the dialogue because that's how kevin smith talks right so he was like i want to have the best lines yeah. but then i think uh i can't remember who plays randall uh um, jeff anderson jeff anderson yeah jeff anderson in audition and he was like oh dude that's the better guy you know and Mm -hmm. so like randall was kevin smith in the earlier movies and then i really think like randall and clerks 2 and clerks 3 really became his own in terms of character but to me clerks 3 is a perfect ending to a great trilogy yeah Oh, no. Oh, no. I love well, Clerks 3. Oh, well, because we were talking about endings that we didn't like. I was figuring you were going to say that Clerks so, 3. So I, I can tell you this. Yeah. Okay, I can tell you this. So so I have only seen uh, Clerks 3 one time. Okay. I bought the Blu-ray when it came out. Because, again, on physical media. And also, shout out to Kevin Smith, actually, by the way. Because mm-hmm. he gives a shit about his physical media releases. Yes. And he purposely makes a point of that on yeah. the discs. Yeah. Um, chocks it really full of a lot of features for the people that are actually like the diehards and like actually pay attention to this stuff. So, so I, mean, I don't have, to that. I don't have the Blu-ray, but is right. there like an actual behind the scenes? There is. Oh, see, yes. I need I want to watch that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I need to watch it. Anyway. But I, I can definitely say like when I saw the ending, it was polarizing, mm-hmm. I think to say the least, because it almost like I guess kind of like felt to me like like when they're like you know at the funeral and whatnot like with Dante I was like holy shit like they're they're he's really dead yeah. like I, I I actually was kind of like surprised that like he was going for it especially yeah. this kind of emotionally heavy handed with uh, yeah. with the movie but then I also know that his his last movie um you know I'm trying to think Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like weird, like kind of like autobiographical elements to it a yeah. little bit, where like he's interjecting a lot of like his where he's kind of at stuff. in life, his yeah. personal stuff. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, yeah. the heart attack situation right. Right, right, makes right. its way very clearly into the Clerks Three plot. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that it's like I don't know. I, I was torn because it's like you just love the duel of Dan- of Dante and Randall mm-hmm. so much that I'm just like shit man like i don't, I don't want well, it to end there's so many things man because also in the second one um when dante is going to leave to florida he tells elias he's like well when dante's gone you're gonna become my new best friend yeah, right so it's almost like he that he predicted it in a way obviously oh, for a different reason yeah. but at the end you know elias is right next to randall and yeah. it ends like that and now elias takes place of dante in an unfortunate way because elias is annoying as shit but um <laughs> yeah. yeah man i don't know and it's just like the editing the the ending sequence when Dante is in the theater and watching the movie, 
Like it's that so is a, beautiful, that, that, man. Is, that is a sequence where it's like it's hard not to well up a yeah. tear. Oh, that. dude, in the theater, I was bawling like a baby. <laughs> well, because like these guys are my idols, man. I've been watching them yeah. since 1990-something when and I was I a think, kid. I do think that Kevin Smith very, very well so is very self-aware of his audience. Yeah. I think he the, really uh, is in touch with the people that like his movies. Yeah. Um, some people may say that he's a little too self-aware. Yeah. Um, I would actually argue that a little bit. I think sometimes he sacrifices the self-awareness for a better narrative I, right. I think there could be a better way sometimes yeah um but it's like who am i to say i mean like the guy came from nothing mm-hmm. i mean clerks literally is his introduction into mm-hmm. him getting recognition so well and how he chooses to end the story that's on his terms yeah man well know? and that's the thing you can never take that too <clears throat> serious are you eating chips while we're doing a podcast he's, he's definitely he's definitely eating you better chips. adam sandler and but they're, bar- they're, they're chip. barbecue chips i eat think those right chip. eat those quiet honey barbecue yeah they're, i mean they're i respect okay. that they're, well they're like a knockoff brand they don't respect it oh too. it's not it's not even the lays it's not lays no oh, jesus no no, no it's okay. some knockoff high brand i don't know <laughs> that's mediaverse report he's just gonna crunch rot loudly into the don't microphone. do it <laughs> Um, um, okay, wait. Anything else you want to say on the subject of the ending of the clerk of the ending of Clerks Three? I don't think so. Other than it's a great movie and people take it too serious online. I'm a part of a Kevin Smith fan page, and people were so upset about what that were they, what were they saying? The people that you saw, just like it's a disgrace to the trilogy, and because like, it like does the super serious killing right. of him. Like, like well, then they don't like how clerk how this Clerks is so serious, opposed to like the first and second oh, one, sure. and you know, and I I I understand it, but at the same time, it's like. What else would you want them to do? Because, like, here's the right. thing, man. Seeing them in Clerks 2, they're much older. It's like, okay, it's not too bad. Seeing them in Clerks 3, I'm like, holy shit, these guys are old. What, we we right. need a Clerks 4 when they're all fucking 80? No. It makes right. sense, man. End it like this. And end it while Kevin Smith is alive and he can end it the way he wants, you know? I will say this, and I'm not saying that I like this or dislike this, but it's certainly an observation I had with the ending of Clerks 3 that made me think about it after the fact, which, honestly, I mean, hey, kudos to a filmmaker that makes me think about their ending after the fact, so mm-hmm. obviously there's a reaction. Yeah. Um, I actually, as hard as it was, you know, watching, like, the, the, the death of him, obviously, like, there's a really painful side of it where I'm sure, like, Randall, the character, like, if he was able to, like, say his last words to him differently because i'm pretty sure like they have a heated fight like, yeah before he dies yeah, like yeah. i mean like it's like it's pretty fucking gut-wrenching like yeah when, before like, the he, heart when attack, he does yeah. yeah like when he does actually pass yeah i think there is like a deep underlying thing in there and whether or not you know you you know may not be laughable but i mean friendship it's like you, you don't know how good you have until it it's gone yeah man. um and i think there's really some powerful strokes in the movie about that and sure yeah. it's not comfortable territory but I mean, that's, I think, always what Clerks was was different about it, is that, like, yes, you have, like, the really, like, you know, raunchy comedy and, like, really, like, accurate commentary about, like, how, like, real retail workers will talk shit behind the counter yeah. and whatnot. Like, if yeah, you've had yeah. that kind of a job, you get oh, it. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I think there's a lot of heart in all three of the movies. All three of the movies have, like, a real strong heartbeat yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe loudest and tragically in in Clerks Three. It's not for me to say, but I can get I get why it's uh you know why it pisses people off because I mean if it was me I don't know if I would have personally killed him I don't know if I would have mm. but I respect 
I respect Kevin Smith for I doing it. I just don't it. know what else you could have did, man. It's his story. He lost everything. I don't know. Dante doesn't even want to be alive anymore. He I mean, that is true. Life, like you man. have like the death of the of of him and the, the the baby. Yeah, everything. You know, he is nothing. You know, so I don't know. I mean, it, I love Randall, but Randall would probably get on my nerves after a while. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, always yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's fun. It's funny, but if he's like talking to you all the time like, it's like that, Jesus, man. It's like all right, grow up <laughs> just a little bit. But yeah. Okay, so wait, I have. I have a game. Do you want to play this game with me since you're here? Um, we can try. Jake, do you know what you're doing over there for the game? Yeah. I don't he think claims he claims that he does. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Jake's going to play the game. Okay, with Jake, you. you come play the game with me. I promise. It, it, it's it's a it's a very well thought out game. Okay. The the producers are are coming to help me. Not that I couldn't play this game solo, everybody, but. It is better if I have a person with me here. So while Mr. Jake is coming to get ready here, let me just explain what this is, okay? So I have an app on my phone. That's why I'm on my phone at the moment. Mr. Jake is coming over here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, sir. Uh, Okay. So shout out to the people that make My Movies Pro, okay? This is an app. You can look it up in the Play Store, Apple. They're not at all a sponsor of this. It's just I really like their app, and I wish more people would talk about it, so I'm doing it. Um, it's about five bucks, so you do have to pay for it. But what this app is, and it's incredible, you do have to do a little bit of a manual work on it because you have to scan your physical movies. But what this does is it archives all of your physical media that you own, whether it be, I mean, shit, you can own VHS for all I care. It will have the barcodes on it. So if it's VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, shit, 8K. You just, you just scan the barcode? You just scan the barcode. Oh, that's, that's easy. all you have to do. And you can do multiple at a time. That's using so like I, w- I was able to pretty much get my whole collection into it in like less than an hour, probably. How big is your collection? Uh, according to the thing, because of course it tells you, it says I have five hundred and nine movies, but that's Damn! but but that's not factoring in like like the box sets. So like if there's like oh. Alien, like I have the Alien collection, there's four movies in that. Okay. I don't know if it factors that in there. So it could be upwards of like six seven hundred. It's possible. I th- I definitely think it's around that. My wife would oh, probably God. strongly say like, "Yeah, you have too many," but <laughs> I don't believe that's in not such true. A- as no, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe in such a thing. So the game that I came up with for this, I don't know where the hell my notes went. They went over here. I have it. I don't need my notes. So <laughs> what I thought would be fun on this, because I actually do this sometimes when I go to watch movies, especially when it's the physical stuff. I like sometimes rather than staring at the shelf for like an hour trying to figure out what exactly I want to watch. I will do like this thing where I'm like waving my finger around. I'm like, uh, stop there. And then I pick the movie and I'm like, fuck it. That's what I'm watching. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of like it, it, it's impulsive. And then you might watch something that you are not watching in your collection right. as often. So what I thought would be fun for this is I can just scroll my finger along here. It's all alphabetical, but I can just scroll my finger along here and close my mm-hmm. eyes and stop. And I will select that movie. Okay. So they need like a random function because I feel like a it lot would of be a, do it that. would be nice actually. Just like hey, give me a random movie and I will watch that tonight. I don't know if there's a way to do that. So while I'm exploring the way to do this, which I'm looking <laughs> at, there's not. Um, you can make lists, so you can make like playlists of like if you have like maybe like like let's say like oh, you like love a Halloween movie. Well, yeah, movie. like if you yeah. like like Halloween movies or maybe you're like I love Brian De Palma films and sure, sure. I want to make like the ultimate Brian De Palma playlist. I nice. can put like Scarface and blow out and like okay. all these great movies. So it's kind of like Letterboxd a little bit, but for It is a little bit, which I just media. downloaded that actually. Right. And I signed up for it. So do you, do you use that Letterboxd? I do. I also use Plex because I have a lot What's of Plex? digital movies. 
What is Plex? Uh, Plex is a lot like that. It's like a, a movie library, except it actually has the movies like digitized on them. Mm, so, I like, I have a server at home of just all my digital copies of movies. Interesting. Which, Physical media is superior, but sometimes you got to have digital copies. Physical media is the bomb, thebomb.com. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know why. it's trying. So it does try to sometimes update your information that you have sure, in sure, here. Sure. It, it's fine. So this is what the game is. I'm going to scroll and just basically try to land on the movie. And then I'm going to have Jake scroll, okay? Because hey. he, he can do this too. And he will go until he randomly picks a movie. And we're going to argue amongst ourselves about which movie is better. Between the two that we pick, between the two that we pick, right. and it does not matter what the title. If 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 it's like you know, let's say ten things I hate about you, and you're comparing it to uh, American Gangster, you still have to defend it like it's better than American Gangster. Okay, you you see where okay. this could okay, probably. But if I have not seen the movie, we have to do a redraw. Yes, if you I feel have, like yes, you've that... seen more movies than I have. <laughs> if 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 that is the case, if you find one that you haven't seen, then yes, we will definitely. Okay. I I assure you, I have something in here that you've seen. Oh yeah, I've seen it already. Okay, so I'm gonna close my eyes for a couple seconds here and just scroll, and okay. then maybe like three second rule, and then you yeah. just say stop, and I will. All I right. will stop. Okay, so here Ready we go. Ready, people. Mm. One, two, three, stop. I la- okay, I actually do have to do a redo again. I landed on the George Carlin comedy special. Um, not that I not don't a- love Mr. Carlin, it's, just, it's not a movie, but sure, it sure, is sure. part of the collection. So, okay, we'll, one, we'll, mm-hmm. two, three, stop. Knocked up. Okay. S- Seth Rogen's knocked up. You're defending knocked up. I got to defend knocked up, no matter what. Right. Okay. Mm, one, two, three. Oh, shit. Schindler's <laughs> List. Okay, I haven't seen Schindler's List in, like, 20 years. Do you want to pick another I'm one? I'm going to pick another one. Oh, thank Christ. I'm like... <laughs> this, I mean, and there's honestly no... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, how, gonna, how the hell am I going to compare the two? I'm going to hit a dinger right off the bat. Okay, ready? Okay, oh, wait. Oh. Oh, uh, hit this, yeah, hit that. Yeah. Okay, there you okay, go. Ready? Uh, and... Yep. You're good. One, two, three. Earth. Uh, the Earth documentary. I haven't seen so, it. Okay, try again. One, <laughs> two... Three. Red Rocket? You seen that? Seen mm-hmm. oh, shit, that's a good movie. Sorry. That's oh, okay. my God. Uh, it, oh, it's fine. It's done? a Sean Baker movie. You know who that is? Yeah. So yeah. He did, like, the Florida Project. That's mm-hmm. a great movie. Uh, one, two, three. Nothing. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, one, two, <laughs> three. Un- Unbreakable. Unbreakable. I have seen un- Okay. That, those are okay. Okay, have okay. you seen Unbreakable? I have. All right, screw it. Knocked Up versus Unbreakable. Unbreakable. All right, why is Unbreakable a better movie than Knocked Up? Um, Unbreakable has superior character development in terms of uh, Bruce Willis discovering his power, unveiling the villain that is Samuel L. Jackson, the hey, son. spoiler, man, Jesus. All right, spoilers if you're yeah, from... You have seen the Glass Trilogy? Like, I haven't oh, seen the God. 90s. <laughs> no. um, and in terms of like knowing, learning to do what he has to do, it is... By all accounts, the best superhero origin story. Better than anything Marvel or DC have made. I will say with that movie, because of course, Unbreakable is phenomenal. I do have the 4K for it, because yes, I'm a visual snob. Um, It is very, very cool. I mean, I I don't think they marketed it at the time, because I never saw it in theaters when it came out. But I do remember that... They didn't like blatantly just be like, "This is a superhero movie." No, no you know, I mean, this was following up the Sixth Sense. You have to remember the right. timeline that it came out. So there was actually, I remember, almost like an air of disappointment when the movie came out, where people were like, "Oh, like where's the ghosts and like stuff like that?" Like there, there's none of that. 
But mm-hmm. he was doing something different, and like he really subverted expectations and was basically low key making a superhero origin story without making right. it obvious that he was doing that. I think that he didn't set out to make that because, like, I think right. he, it was almost like um, a satire of all of the because, like, back then you had like X Men coming out, you had some of the was it probably earlier MCU? No, probably wasn't. It was right. like the like worst MCU, like Daredevil and sure. you know all the like Ben Affleck whatever um and so superheroes were starting to become mainstream uh cinema and so he took that and he's like let's make this dark and let's make this not about the powers but about the people Mm. and i love that i think that and and the cool thing was like they they marketed it as just like this person is invincible on accident and like we don't know why Mm. and like what does he do with that all right well let me tell you this Seth Rogen is so much better than Bruce Willis in that movie because he's a lot funnier. Okay, Bruce Willis is way overly serious and unbreakable. Like it's it's honestly like just depressing to watch him. I mean, like David Dunn <laughs> is a depressing ass character. Okay? okay, I mean he's married to Robin Wright Penn. I mean, come on, you have it made in the bag, and he's screwing that up too. So Seth Rogen, fun man child. Stone throughout the opening of Knocked Up with, I would almost argue, like the greatest comedy tree uh, there. I mean, you have Jonah Hill, got Jay Baruchel, got yeah. Martin Starr, for God's sakes, from Silicon Valley. Judd That's Apatow. True. I mean, like, like you have people in their comedic prime before they even know it. And, you know, I just, uh, it, it's a lot easier to watch. Unbreakable. I mean, shit, like, I feel like I got to wear, like, the trench coat and like, be in the rain. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so self-serious. And, like, they're having, like, all these, like, subtle, like, comic book stuff like this. I can just, I mean, not that I do this, but like, I, I mean, I can take like a bong rip and just watch this movie and, and I'm probably going to have <laughs> a good time, except to the point when Katherine Heigl comes in and basically brings him back to reality and you're like, That's oh, fair. like now you have to be a father and, you know, maybe you should have worn a condom and like that kind of thing. <laughs> so there, there is that respect. In terms of public health, it is a good, <laughs> in terms of public it's a health. warning PSA. Um, think twice think before twice. you go out and... Uh, Try to meet a lady at a bar and, and do things. I would I would say that's the message that I got from that movie. Sure. Other than, other than have really good friends and you can that's make true. it work. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Unbreakable, man. You're gonna stay with Unbreakable. It's a superior film in terms of cinematography, in terms of music, <sighs> in terms Muse, of effects. in terms of music. I mean, like, look, James Newton Howard. Okay, like, look, I mean, great. He has some, you know, Visions is a great track off that. I give you that. But I don't know. I mean, like. Uh, I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of the songs that are in them that are in knocked up. I mean, it's got like, uh, isn't there like some like hip hop in there? Like, I'm there's sure some there's some beats. Something like yeah, like like Mike's giving me a thumbs up. Like <laughs> yeah, like where, where's that in Unbreakable? You got like the you know like this moody theme. No, we like moody. We like the moodies. All right, next round. What do you got? <laughs> Wait, we want to do this again? Yeah, yeah. Good. I was gonna say knocked up versus unbreakable is not a not a great thing. Okay, uh, okay. We so have to have one, at least one more round of this. Yeah, one, one more round. One, two, three. Uh, passengers. I have I, not I, seen I, Passengers. I think I can still talk about it if you're good with it. Unless you want it to be, let's have it be something you've seen, because then. Oh, you're, okay. You're, you're going to talk about it? And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure I'll find something here that you've seen. So uh, yeah, one, two, three. Stronger? You seen that with Jake Gyllenhaal? Mm-mm. Oh shit! Okay. I need to get one, two, film literate. Three. Uh, Perks of being a wallflower. You seen that? Nope. God damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> one, two, I have seen lots of movies. Happy Gilmore. 
Come on. What is You were that? talking about Adam Sandler. Yes, of course I've seen Happy Gilmore. Okay. Happy Gilmore will be mine. <laughs> that's going to be – okay, that's a tough act to follow. Yeah, one, I mean, but like if you get two, like another critically three. acclaimed one, it's going to be super simple. The Grey. Yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Yeah, we can do this. <laughs> How come I get all these dark moody things? I know, I'm getting all the light comedies. <laughs> Damn. Okay, this is actually a pretty decent debate. Yeah, The Grey. Okay, why is it better than Happy Gilmore? Okay, so The Grey is the story of a pack of wolves that is hunting this troop of men. It is. And their entire goal is just to defend their territory and eat. Um, the wolves, goal, yes. the wolves, right? Yes. And you have this one ass that's just trained really well in killing wolves, and we don't like that. Um, we don't like that he kills the wolves. Well, no, this is a wolf story. Be- just because, like, we <laughs> want to preserve. I mean, the wolves are. Killing I'm sorry, people. no, I'm defending the wolves here. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, um, okay, no, this story is absolutely there. beautiful. It is. Yeah. It's beautifully shot. You have these mm-hmm. wonderful cinematic wides. Uh, you get a lot of this great backstory. Of this guy on a journey, basically mourning the loss of his wife and trying to keep this group of dudes alive uh, after a plane crash. And his his whole thing is that he is trained in wolves and how to protect against wolves. And every every turn he gets, he loses. I just want to throw that out there because I doubt the oil company that hires him is just like we have a wolf killing guide for you. I feel like he had like. A, a life be. before this probably or he was like a hunter skilled i think he's a skilled hunter that's probably yeah. the best way to say that um auto is his character why the hell do i remember that that's a great yeah good callback yeah. i saw this in theaters in college it's a fantastic movie i, I remember mean, I'm just saying this it. was like I'm one of the feeding my own argument as an adult <laughs> one of the first times i cried you yeah. know like wow well, because there's a there's a big underthread in that story about like just the will to go on living, yeah, like finding your absolutely. Purpose in life. Uh, isn't there it's a, really there's a scene where he almost like commits suicide at the beginning? Yeah, he puts the rifle in right. off in the snow, and he's like ready to go, and then they're like, "Nope, you got to come on, mm-hmm. get on this plane. We're going and home." And then it's weird because throughout the whole movie, you're just like, "Okay, wait a minute, dude, you were ready to just end it right, right. there in the snow, right. but yet you're the more like morally sound." controlled person in this survival situation with these other passengers right and yet you're finding this desire to live in you that you didn't even know was there right it's crazy great storytelling now you know what else is great storytelling is chubbs and happy gilmore okay so (laughs) i gotta gotta try to work this in somehow we gotta do this so okay so (laughs) happy gilmore is a better movie than the gray because a has more staying power okay people are gonna remember happy gilmore far more than they will about liam neeson strapping some broken beer bottles to his hands to fight some wolves at the end of the movie now, I will also say that Carl Weathers is amazing as Chubbs, okay? I know people will think of him as Apollo Creed, but Chubbs, give him some credit. Like, that's, like, up there with the Hoosiers coach. Fan-freaking-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing Chubbs up there. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Why else is Happy Gilmore better? Uh, it makes golf less of a stiff sport for rich white men. I'll, I'll throw that out there as well. That's true. Um, <clears throat> I think it definitely made golf more popular. For sure, I can't tell you how many like TikToks and like Instagram things of just like people trying try to, to do the swing. More swing. Yeah, they like, like they, they run up at the ball and they, and they, they, they do they, it. And they sometimes do the they actually thing. nail it. There's actually some. I'm not a big fan. Can you guy, actually but, like, do? It actually you can works. Do the swing. You can do it. I can't. No, but like I, you've I, seen I, people like they, have, can, yeah. they can do it. Yeah, I've seen a golf club once in my life ever. 
I used to actually, so I used to uh, take golf classes or golf lessons, not classes, golf lessons for about two years, I want to say. When I was, no kidding. When, yeah, when I was smaller, I was at the Twin Pines Golf Course in Cedar Rapids. Wow. Uh, I was never very good. Never very good. <laughs> um, but it was fun. Um, I had to carry my golf bags all the way up my house uh, where I live. It, it kind of sucked. But um, <laughs> let's see. So why else is it better than uh, the gray? Okay. So first off, Adam Sandler is a lot more funny than Liam Neeson. He's not funny in that movie at all. That's true. That's true. I mean, he's like very like just uh, like he's all upset about his wife. I mean, it's kind of a drag. I, I yeah. want to watch Happy Gilmore and have a good time. That's fair. I mean, in, <laughs> okay. So I will give you this. Happy Gilmore has a lot of different philosophies in filmmaking. There's man versus man. Obviously, it's like true. happy versus shooter. There's man versus shooter. <laughs> man versus beast. We've got the it's alligator true. versus Chubbs. Man versus Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, that's you know, true. There's man versus nature. He's on a golf course and he's fighting the elements. And he's you know the whole like tower comes down and like he has to yeah. get around that. And so you get like all three there, and it's it's pretty good. There is also a lot of, of uh, a lot of memes that have been made. From Happy Gilmore. I don't know if like there's necessarily memes for the gray. Not that there needs to be, I guess. But yep. uh, if I'm looking for an argument, which I am, uh, I'm just trying to find anything <laughs> to, to say that anything Happy Gilmore is a better movie than the gray. <laughs> I, man. Yeah. It's close. This it's close. In, close. I, mean, I, th- I feel like we should have started off with like a rubric or something to like grade against. But uh, yeah, I, you know, we're kind of making. Well, because when you, okay, let, let me ask you this, Jake. Steering off the off the game a little bit, but it's in the same vein. If you're, dare I say, grading a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Now I notice everybody's a little different about this. You know, you got Ebert and Siskel; they're going to give it the thumbs up, sure, the sure, thumbs sure, down, sure. one out of five stars. I mean, do you adhere to any sort of rating system, or is it just purely if this has my like I'm vouching for this, it's good? Like I don't know how specific you get in your recommendations. Uh, for me. <clears throat> I don't have like a rating system, like where I give points or whatever. Yeah. But I, I do like have the general rule of like story is king, right? It can look yeah. like crap. Um, it has to sound good. Um, but cheers, so, by the way. Cheers, man. Cheers. Having a good time. Episode 100. 100. There we go. To you. Not at all sponsored by White Claw. I just want to throw that out there. But hey, right. you never know. That's why we cover the labels. <laughs> um, no, but like the story is going to be king, right? It has yeah. to be compelling entertaining it has to flow it has to adhere like to the not always to the rules of storytelling but it has to have a a logical progression yeah right it can't just be like the room that doesn't make any sense or like goes nowhere (laughs) right i've only seen that once i mean i did read the book though too Hmm. didn't make sense to you like why or um uh no tommy wiseau Oh, oh Jesus! Okay, I'm I'm thinking of literally like the Brie Larson like like. Oh the, like, no no! I thought I didn't know. I didn't know no, Tommy Wiseau. No no. no. I, I, to be fair, that is Room, and then there's the Room. You're talking about the Room. The Room. I did not understand. I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Tommy Wiseau's the Room. <laughs> the what is that? The you're telling me a poly song. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend and I love Sarah. It's so the worst much. Tommy Wiseau impression. But oh uh, man, yes, I do. I am familiar with that. Um. But yeah, it, it can be any genre, any actor. Um, I mean, like obviously, like the vitals are are nice to have: good cinematography, good acting, good lighting. Sure, good, you know effects that don't I mean, pull you out of it. That's what gives things the staying power and makes people talk about them years later. Sure, and like well written, but like the story yes. is the most compelling part to me. I would agree. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. If you want to stay here on on the. I was about to say the couch. These are these are theater well, chairs. These are actually theater chairs. Yeah, these are from the Vinton Theater. Really? Yeah. 
How did, I mean, uh, do you so care to share how you got our, those? Our head writer here, Kevin Shepard, uh, he lives in New Hall, and he... He we, was on the Exorcist video that we did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, sat right. next to him for I Exorcist. I did watch that, by the way. Thank you for putting that together. Yeah. I didn't even see that. <laughs> I admit, so I'm not I'm not all trying to throw uh, Jake under the bus here. So when I was in the backseat and we were doing that, like, the, you know, I it was kind of a rush job. He, he admitted it to being a rush job. I'm not like being a yeah, dick. Yeah, I'm not happy with it. But but but, <laughs> but it was a, it was it was a rush job. I was surprised though. Like it still looked pretty good. Like you still got good. Like uh, okay. Like Michael uh, saying. No, wait till you no. see this. Like this looks so much better. I mean, yeah. I got, I I, be, I I believe you. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, no, I we, just, we're working I out. Appreciate the... you still you still released it. It was still good. Was we're working out the technical kinks on that show. We're gonna get there. I mean, I think this helps in a way. Yeah, like doing this because totally like because this is the first. Have you guys done like an Instagram live thingamajig? Like we haven't this? done Instagram live before. We've done YouTube live. Right. Uh, we do one called Mediaverse Movie Night. That's over there. That's right. On those theater the couch chairs. Over there. And, we're, we're, uh, well, I thought there was a couch. Uh, there is, and there's also more theater chairs. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Which, gotcha. to bring it back, came from Kevin Shepard at the Vinton Theater. Very cool. Okay, so I have another segment on here because the game is, is done. I mean, I, I love the fact that it was Knocked Up versus Unbreakable. <laughs> yeah, Happy Gilmore <laughs> the versus Gray. The Grey. Um, yeah. Very polar opposite, which I let guess us, is what let I Let us expected. know what you think if you're watching. What would you yeah. pick on a typical like Thursday movie night? I'm always curious about that, too, because sometimes do you, have, yeah, do, you do the double feature? If you if you have time, Ooh. not at the movie theater, but at home, I should say. Would I do a double feature? Yeah, if you got to do it at home. If I have the time, yeah. Yeah, now, but would. if you do it, do you pair it with something that complements it, yes. or do you go like polar opposite and like we're gonna like shift gears? After? No, I've got to stay in the same. Got to stay in the same mood. Yep, I got to keep same it going. vibe. But I have to com- like I have to like kind of plan that like what do I want my mood to be throughout mm. this whole thing. What's a recent pairing that you think you've done, or if you have one? I mean, so it was Halloween, so it's going to be horror again. Yeah, no, it's, it's you totally know, it's, fine. It's probably going to be like Ghostbusters 2 and The Frighteners uh, were both really yeah. good. Okay. Um, what else? Thank I mean, if I want like a slasher, do I would do like, man, probably the original Halloween and... <clears throat> On Happy Death Day was fun, but like so like the same like you know spiritual, spiritually the same movie, but um, very different takes on it. So you get the same slasher, but you get like one is like very serious and dark, and one's kind of more fun. Mm. Well, nothing. The Frighteners is. I'm trying to think. Serious. I'm trying to think of like a pairing, you know, because you know a lot of times I guess like, if I'm doing a double feature, it's it's rare that like I get like a group of people to like commit to it, and sure, do sure. it, you know. So like if I'm doing it, it's probably gonna be like by myself. Um, <clears throat> I definitely agree in that <clears throat> if you can complement the previous thing that you watch, I mean, like mm-hmm. that is that is ideal. Um, I think one I've said before, it's a very obvious one, but like if you do 2001 and then do Interstellar, I mean oh, yeah. that's like. Like, I mean, like, one, Interstellar is super inspired by that, so, like, there's a right. lot of connective tissue with that. Um, but other times, like, I mean, you, you can you can take that approach with other stuff. If I'm going to stick with horror, which I would, you know, go for what you're just saying, um, super easy one is The Shining and Doctor Sleep. I mean, literally, oh, yeah. like, I mean, it's literally the, the, sequel, the sequel to it, yeah. and, I mean, it connects to the Stephen King tissue, so yeah. that's if you've got, super If you've easy. got six hours to burn, man, like, that's what I would do. It is true. It's a commitment. Actually, I, I will say this. So I was at the the Refocus Film Festival here, the second annual one, which if you don't I know about that. I saw that. How was that, uh, man? 
That's that's at film scene, by the way. Yes, film scene in Iowa City. Um, I actually was okay. So I, I will. Oh, I will answer that. Yes. Have, Wasn't Werner Herzog there? He was. I have a good story about that. Oh, we gotta have this. Please, uh, I, 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 episode. I, Please. I will. I will share it. Um, okay. So there's three things. I there's three things I have to talk about that. So okay. one, the reason I brought it up is. They had a lot of different films that were screened there, but probably by far like the most known one was they did a screening at 10 o'clock for The Shining. Okay. Okay. So I've seen The Shining actually on big screen before. Uh, Marcus Theaters in Cedar Rapids, when the 4K was coming out, they did a 4K print release of it at the really? Marcus Theater. Yeah. I mean, it was it was great. Wow. So I saw it when it came out then, and this was within, we'll call it like the last two years, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But then at Film Scene, they had in one of their program blocks The Shining to play at 10 o'clock. And I mean, naturally, the, the festival's in October and stuff. So I'm like, sure, okay, sure. it makes sense. Um I will say, everybody, I'm going to tell you this. I, I may come off as a purist sometimes. I am ashamed to admit this, okay? I had to leave the movie early. Why? I had to drive back home. Oh, you didn't like it to... Okay. It was I, a scheduling I, thing. It wasn't a... You couldn't handle it. No. I mean, like, I, I love The Shining. Like, I'm absolutely somebody... Like, I, I will <clears throat> I will debate somebody if they're like, ooh, this movie's three and a half hours long. It's not good. No, if the movie's good... And it's meant to be that long. It's meant to be that long. I don't care how long it is. But I'm gonna I hold had my thing because I have, I have a th- something to ask you on about that. But go yes. ahead. Keep keep going on. No, Refocus. I just I, I had to I had to leave. I did make sure for myself though because I'm like I knew I would not be able to respect myself. I'm like, don't leave before the part where he's just like, give me the bat, give me the bat, <laughs> give me the bat. <laughs> I'm gonna bash your brains in. I definitely stayed for that part, and then I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I did miss here's Johnny, but I'm like, shit. I stayed before that because I had a whole other day of festival sure, to sure. participate in the following day. So I'm like, okay, I just, I gotta pick my battles here. Right. Um. But that being said, you asked about um, uh, Werner Herzog or Werner Herzog. He, he goes by both. Um. Okay. So I'll be honest. I was not super versed in him sure. before this festival. I had seen Rescue Dawn. I know that he is a very famous documentarian. He's mm-hmm. done like the Grizzly Man. He's uh, did this thing on volcanoes. I know right. he's been in the Mandalorian, Jack Reacher. So sure, like sure. I'm familiar with the guy. Um, but by far, if I had to say like the coolest thing that happened during Refocus Film Fest, which I even thought about doing like a whole like just let me do a review and talk about my experience at the film festival thing, yeah. but I just I haven't found the time to do it right. yet that might be a year-end thing because i've been to three film festivals this year and each Debrief one had festivals a, yeah yeah i mean each one had a different very different feel and vibe and stuff but anyways the the Werner herzog story so <clears throat> uh andrew sherburn shout out to him so he's one of the co-founders of a film scene he invited me to come and attend with uh my podcast on the behalf of my podcast basically to go nice. there i love that you do that by the way you get to go to these festivals as yeah the that's so cool man it's I, that's definitely something I'm going to save towards the towards the latter half on here is, is, is talking to that. But it's I, I'm very blessed to yeah. to be able to do that, and I think it's good. It's it will lead to something. Yeah. Anyways, um, go so anyways, so the fun highlight or the the coolest thing that happened by far there is I was at a a VIP experience that they had there. So it you had to be like a particular pass holder level or be <laughs> directly invited to it. So it was not open to the general public. Oh. Okay. So there's a little bit of exclusivity there. It's like, okay, like that's neat. And it was at this place in Iowa City. And I can't remember. It was this, ah, God, I'm, 
I'm really bad at describing streets and places and whatnot, but it's uh, this. I want to say it was like a goose place, goose something in the bar name or something like that. The blue goose. Maybe I just I, I could have sworn that the a goose is incorporated in the name of this. Yes. If I'm an idiot, then call me out <laughs> on it. But we're at this thing and they have food and stuff for it, and it's like a two hour social hour between like the the five o'clock uh, hour and like seven o'clock. So it's kind of like giving you a break basically between the latter half of the sure, films. Sure, sure. Now, the idea for it is that you're going to have, like, really top-level pass holders and, like, filmmakers there. And it's a chance for them, like, you know, there's not, like, press and stuff like that. They can just, like, chill and, like, hang out nice. and stuff. okay. So, I'm grabbing meatballs at the table. <laughs> Werner shows up and grabs meatballs. Oh, so, my God! So, like, he's he's right there. And, like, I didn't, like, I didn't, like, recognize it. Like, right, he, right. like I think he said, like, excuse me for, like, a second. I was just like, oh, sure. You know, and I'm just like, do you, you do, like, a double take. You're just like, oh, shit. Like, that's the keynote guy that's going to be doing this talk on his book um only or excuse me his memoir um oh shit why can't i think of the title i have the book um holy shit i'm blanking oh no you are losing it no it's a oh my god it's like God against or man against all and God for something i i'm being a complete jackass i apologize (laughs) verner um so anyways, he was there and so I was like, oh shit, like he's here and like right. he's sitting at a table and there's a clear opportunity. I'm like, I can go talk to him. Yeah. Okay. But it's strange because even though I've only been, I mean, I've been to a couple of film festivals, I don't get like starstruck like really easy. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think I was with him necessarily, but I'm like, do I be that guy that's just like, hey, like, can I like get your autograph or like, can I talk to you? Like, right. if he's there, like just enjoying his downtime and stuff like I don't want maybe he wants to enjoy downtime and not I don't want to be an ass like I don't want to like come off as like a press person and stuff so I'm just like okay like I don't know what to do so Andrew was there and I went up to him and I said I was like hey Andrew um Werner Herzog's right there (laughs) like he's right there and there's an open spot at this table I'm like am I terrible for trying to go up and get a seat here or like do you think I should just leave him the hell alone and Andrew was super nice he like he just said he's like He's like Werner's a you know he's like a pretty pretty in, like laid back guy like he like if you like just want to talk to him as like a human and stuff like don't try to like fangirl him or something right. like he'll probably be fine right. and I was just like okay okay again not that I don't have the confidence to go and just do this but I'm like well shit like I'm on the behest I'm here on the behest of film scene and stuff so I'm like I want to really like make sure I'm not being a jackass right. and misrepresenting so anyways. The, the what ended up happening is I ended up sitting at a table with Werner Herzog for about a good thirty to forty five no minutes. That's cool. So I didn't talk to him much. I mean, I did shake his hand. So like we introduced each like right. ourselves, and I was just like, "Hi, I'm Jordan." He's just like, "I'm doing there." Like he has an amazing accent. Oh yeah, very yeah, thick like, German accent. I'm like, this, like this is cool. And then what ended up happening is uh, John Irving, the guy who wrote the Cider House Rules, who won the yeah. Academy Award for, it, he was there too. Sat at the same table. No way. Sat at the same table. So like, so like, I'm having this moment where I'm just like, okay, I have an Academy Award nominated person, an Academy Award winning person, right, right there, and they're talking to each other, and I get to be a fly on the wall for this conversation. Dude, that's the best you could ask for. And and what was interesting is I I was not the only person at that table that had that vibe. Sure, sure. So like, ordinarily, like you might want to be like, oh, like I want to talk to them and pick their brain, and of course I'd love to do that. Right. 
but you have these two people that God knows when they're going to sit next to each other again and talk. And there was say. a, there was another director of a documentary that was there with me and like maybe like a couple other producer people. And like, I had talked to them over at the bar and there's, and when I told them, I was like, I was sitting there and they're just like, Oh, you want to get on like on this, like Werner Herzog action? Like, like just <laughs> come over and sit, like sit with us. They won't care. And everybody around the table was just literally just being like, we just want to listen to you. Sure. We don't even want to talk. Right. And that's a very interesting energy. And that was just a very unique experience that like I don't think would happen outside of a film festival. Right. So yeah, because that is definitely a highlight. That's so cool. And he's a very interesting person too. Werner? Or Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean like I won't like say all the stuff that he was saying like at the table. It's not like it was anything bad, but um Like what kind of stuff did they talk about? They actually ended up talking a lot about a very famous uh, Iowa wrestler. or uh, I'm not sure if he was a wrestler or like a wrestling coach because uh, John Irving started talking about that a uh, lot. Right. Um, I, if, Gable? That's the one. Yeah. Dan, Ga- is Dan, Dan Gable. Gable. Yep. They ended up talking about him yep. quite a bit. Because yep, I know because John Irving, I think in his in his younger years was a wrestler himself. Oh, okay. Or involved with it or for something sure. like that. I don't know if he's written about him because he he's a novelist. Like he writes books right. and stuff. Um, they talked about him quite a bit, and then I think they also talked about I want to say Werner's maybe maybe his childhood for a second. I want to say I don't want to misremember, but Ooh. I I didn't realize he he was very like poverty stricken like as a kid like sure, sure, sure. didn't eat much um he didn't make a, a call on a phone till yeah. he was like 17 years yeah, he grew old. up in post-war germany right yeah yeah like it's it's, it's like a it's, tough. it's it's wild like he's like just a wealth of knowledge and wow. it is interesting like i think if you if like if you meet someone like that i mean he's in his 80s right. you know and right. i don't know like people like that like you want to ask him stuff but i feel like you want to listen more absolutely right yeah, i mean because like they they just have this unique life experience like like where else are you gonna find that exactly yeah and that was the best way to put it is like when are these two ever gonna be sitting next to each other again and when am i ever gonna be able to just sit here and take that in right like it's, don't insert yourself into those situations just to no. enjoy the experience for what but, it uh, is. but i will say this the the personal moment that did happen towards the end so when the night or the this time this vip time was wrapping up they got up to leave and we're kind of like wrapping up and I was like, I'm going to be remiss if I don't, like, talk to John Irving. Because I, I talked to Werner, but I hadn't talked to John Irving. Right. And we I watched the Cider House Rules, the, the screening, actually, mm-hmm. before. And I'd seen the movie and whatnot. But um, he is the author of the, the World According to Garp, which is a really old that. Robin Williams movie from the, the like, 1983. I want to say, like, it's him and Glenn Close that are in I it. I not even heard of this. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Wow. So it's a fantastic movie. Um, I, I won't go into the whole root of it. I don't have that time. But Irving wrote it? The, what's that? Irving wrote it? Uh, Irving wrote it. Okay. He, he did not direct it, but he wrote the book that it was based off of. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Movie. Okay. okay. Um, but weirdly enough, my dad, it is one of his favorite movies, The World According to Garb. Oh, cool. Right? And so I was just like, shit, I mean, when, when am I going to have this time? So yeah. like, you know, like we made eye contact, like, like I shook his hand, like, you know, I could tell like he's like trying to get out, but like I just... You know, you don't know, like, what to say sometimes, but, like, I just said, I was like, hey, I'm like, I know you've probably heard this, like, since the 80s, because um, it's, it's way old. Deep cut. You know, but I was just like, hey, I'm like, world according to Garp, like, that story means a lot to my dad, and, like, I think he would love the fact that I'm just getting to meet you right now, and I'm like, just just thank you for doing That's that. That's so cool. And, like, he, he was super cool. Like, he, he didn't say much. Like he Like, he just shook my head. He's just like, and he just said, thank you for saying that. 
And I was like, all right, man, like that's, wow. that's good enough. And I call, right. and I got to call my dad afterwards. Like he couldn't believe it. Like, that's he's just awesome. like, like, what? He's like, where are you at? Like, how are you talking to this person? <laughs> my um, boy made it. <laughs> and I, and that would, and I would be lying if I said that that's not a joy of building this and getting opportunities to do that. Oh, is yeah. having experiences like that and getting to share it with people. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, but refocus though. I want to answer that. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. I, and I don't want to like, holy crap. I don't, I don't know. Oh, we're going, episode. aren't we? Look at us. <laughs> I, I promise I'll, I'll blow through these final fine, questions here that, the, that the listeners sent. Um, you know, refocus film festival, I can definitely tell you it's an intimidating film festival to go to. It looked pretty prestigious to me. Uh huh. Like it, it looked like there was some stuff going on up there. There, I, I don't want to like. I don't want to say this like impolitely or to like come off like it wasn't for me. That's not the case. It's a challenging festival to go to intellectually because you are around a lot of people that are authors and novelists and writers and like the really serious ones there. And it's not to say that they're not normal people. I mean, they they certainly are, but you are in very intellectually kind of academia type of company and if that's your jam like if that's what you're about like hey like more power to you that's fantastic but for i admit maybe more of a generalist like myself i don't even like to call myself that but it was challenging a couple of times to be able to either fully understand some of the stuff they were talking about um, or just to kind of connect to it as I've connected to other films and right. other festivals and whatnot. And the vibe is just 100% different, too. Right. I've been in situations like that where it's like you are such a fish out of water, even though it's, That's your, how it felt. it's your industry, yeah. but it's like at this such higher other level that yeah. all you can do is sit and take it in and yeah. just kind of be humbled by the experience and then be like, okay, I have room. Yeah. That's, that's the room to grow. That's where I need to get to. Yeah. And, and, and there's definitely like, there was definitely like a lot of like introspective moments where I'm like, I could up my game on this or I could stand to be more well-read on this sure, sure. or that. Like, I'm definitely not like, I don't have an ego where I'm like, Oh, like I'm not afraid to like, or I'm afraid to like try to like challenge my intellectual boundaries. I mean, I know I'm not always going to be the smartest person in the room, right. but I I would hope that I am rarely the smartest person in the room. You don't ever want to be, right? I don't think you do. If you if you're a constant seeker of knowledge if, and, and kind of better right. understanding, things. if you find yourself being the smartest person in the room, you're doing something wrong. Right. If it's you know, I would say maybe like five percent of the time you right. want that, but like right. for the most part, you want to keep growing and learning. So it's challenging on that, but then I will also say. Um, just from the festivals I have been to this year, which I've been to the Cedar Rapids Independent Film Festival, the Iowa Independent Film Festival, and now Refocus, and I have more than I'm trying to do in the following year. Nice. Um, it was definitely the most well put together. I'll tell you that. Sure. Like organizationally, like they had it down. They had it down. Yeah, film scene rocks. It. I mean, like they like their programming was on point. They had all the proper amount of staff. Everybody knew what they was doing. There was no, like, I mean, if there was chaos, I couldn't see it. And that's what you want as the person that's going is you don't want to see, like, someone be like, oh, shit, like, this isn't working. It could have happened. But there's somebody on like a headpiece and behind the scenes just like running oh, yeah. around like crazy, keeping all this and stuff. That's why I also try to like get close with the people that are putting these festivals on too, because I love understanding how it actually gets put together. Yeah. It's a whole process putting it's on a, a film festival and it's a lot of work. It's something um, that we want to start doing here. Would you guys do that? Yeah. So we actually, that's funny. There's a, uh, not to take time from you. No, you're fine. There's a, a theater in Peoria that went out of business and we went down and i'm just waving the mic he's he's uh he's eating chips back there yeah or he was 
Um, they had an auction and they were auctioning off all of their gear. And so we got really good deals on like a theater screen and a proper cinema projector. Um, and so the goal right now is to set up that backspace, that, um, old auction ring into a proper movie theater. And we want to have film festivals, film screenings, uh, live events, that kind of stuff out there. So I mean, hopefully in the, the future, I mean, we'll you have, have the space for it and it's also like super different. Because when you guys had the open house, and I was there for that, I mean, I'm trying to think how many people you had in the room. 76. Okay, I was, I was hoping you actually took on, like, a count. Of, yep, like, we had a count. You, you, had, you had the count, RCPs and everything. And I think we had some space to move, so we can probably yes. use 100, 120 people in there. It's an interesting space, and obviously, like, there's a lot of potential either, like, to change, like, the, the projector setup, the sound. I mean, I was actually, I mean, first off, I, I, <laughs> I'll stay on point with this, but I should comment about the open house that I went to for these guys. I mean, they're being polite enough to host me out here uh, for the 100th episode. Um it's cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how else Thanks, to say. Man. I mean, they have done work putting these sets together. I was mega impressed with the turnout that they had, considering that they're in Marengo, Iowa. They're still new. I mean, like they're going to be considered new for a while. Yeah. It's going to oh, yeah. take time for a name to get built. But I mean, a they had a good turnout of people that have worked on like independent films here in Iowa, and they've kind of you know been around the local art scene and stuff. But it was also really well ran. Like, you thank guys you. had volunteers that were checking the cars in, like, making yeah, sure people you. knew what to expect when they were walking in. There was T-shirts for the staff of what they were wearing. I mean, like, you had uh, amenities out the wazoo, like popcorn, the cookies, and everything thank like that. You. Like, yeah. I I was really impressed. So I, I appreciate I, I, that. I realize there's yeah. a lot of smoke being blown up the ass, but... <laughs> no, it's feedback it, that we need to get. It's because true. We, we put a lot of work into it, and we had a lot of meetings about it, and people were here late and, like, on the weekends. And you guys had coverage about it beforehand. I know KCRG did a story yeah. on it. Oh, that yeah. was awesome. Been a few I, I think there was actually. a, is there another, there was another re, a news station that did something. Uh, right? KWWL. Sudden, like, did Waterloo. That, Waterloo did yep, that. Yep. That's right. Um, and it's funny the day, right. The day after the, the open house, I went up to Waterloo to film a commercial for Michael. Mayer yeah, that I works saw up that. There. <laughs> what was the commercial? Uh, it's for a plumbing company and they wanted our like, winter is coming. No, I was Jon <laughs> Snow from Game of Thrones. Um, they, <laughs> they wanted, wanted whole... to really do that. Huh? Game of Thrones. What's that? They wanted to do Game of Thrones? Like for the Yeah, commercial? they wanted the whole winter is coming line. Ah. So like upgrade your HVAC system or whatever. But I got to all like right. ride a horse and it was fun. You got to ride a horse? You got to ride a horse. <laughs> yep. Got to be in all sorts of weird outfits oh, that's um awesome. but yeah anyways um yeah we got a lot of nice news coverage from it as well and it was uh yeah very very humbling and we're very grateful for the whole community that came out and and experienced that with us that i was, mean if that communal turnout did not tell you anything it's telling you that you're on to something yeah chase I think, that I think, man yeah. i mean yeah. like it's gonna take time and that's something i'm gonna talk about now smooth segue here good segue the the final the final questions here and then i will play uh i do actually i left the damn piece of paper over there but i have a i have questions that i said i was going to read on this episode i'm going to i hope i'm doing good on time i don't know where if i'm at are you guys good on time yes i'm okay uh, how long have i been talking two hours yeah. Look Holy like, shit! Yeah, like an hour and twenty. Hey, it's a hundred. It's episode one hundred, man. I mean, shit. And, and you guys, like, if you're like, <laughs> hey, we have lives, man. We don't just get to sit yeah. around and work for you. Kick my ass <laughs> off. I, I will happily. Leave. You want to take this solo? Or do you want me to? No, actually, if you you want to interview, you can interview me. I can if interview you, if you want to. These are these are again more questions All that right. were submitted, but I categorize these into the looking ahead questions. Ooh. Okay. All right. Okay. Go go for it. All right, Jordan. <laughs> 
how do you think your podcast will evolve in the coming years? So the, I think it's going to evolve in a lot of different ways. Um, I definitely think I will continue as much as I can to go to more film festivals, maybe even revisit ones that I have been to. It's not like I just want to go to one and then like never go to it again. As long as I'm here in Iowa, I think there's a reason to go there. Uh, there's an audience, clearly, I think, for the people that are in it and doing it, not just to promote their own work, but I think it draws eyes and ears to me, and it's something I can put my face out there. And I find I'm much more successful as a, a person basically advertising their own brand when I actually am out there doing it, as opposed to just being like, you know, hey, like I'll put a couple good social media posts up, which I try to do that as much as I can. But I like boots on the ground. I like boots on the ground and getting into the pulse and the heart of what the audience is all about and what they're doing. Right. So I, I, think it, I, I think it would grow through that. Uh, what was the question again? Is this, how's how do you think evolve? it's going to evolve in the coming years? Another thing I'm looking into doing as well is I would like to eventually do original content. I, I'd like to maybe explore like doing if it's staying in the audio realm, doing like some like audio short stories and things like that. Cool. There's there's a lot of podcasts I actually listen to. Um, there's a really great one that's on season two right now that has Oscar Isaac and Julianne Moore, and it's called Case Sixty Three. I think is what it is. They do a podcast together. Um, well, it's a it's like a it's almost like an audio book sort oh, of cool. like they break it up in like 10 episodes it's like 10 minutes per episode kind of thing wow um but it's this whole like i, I mean i won't go through like the whole story on that but oscar isaac is a patient that claims he's a time traveler and julianne moore is like the psychologist trying to tell him that he's insane and then it turns out there's more to the story than there seems to be on the surface and cool. like it's very like head trippy kind of thing um but it's really immersive for an audio experience and i'd yeah. love to be able to do something like that and you know either have it be something where it's like it's a screen speak production or something like that i don't give a shit um because i have ideas and you know whether it's me trying to produce the stuff and, and get it out there or have somebody else and be able to produce it for them mm -hmm. i would try to figure out something with that and i think that's a realistic place to start but then eventually you know from there i would like to just keep going to film festivals keep putting a spotlight on the Iowa filmmakers and also still stick to the original format of screen speak, which is just giving my own introspective thoughts and feelings about big movies that I want to talk yeah. about. That's your brand about her. It's just like going to see a movie and, and getting to yeah. give it a review or whatever. Do you see yourself going to <clears throat> larger film festivals? Yeah. You do like um, not just in Iowa. Would you go yeah, to like Tribeca I, or yeah. you know? Yeah, I actually think if I was going to like say like the career path answer or like if it eventually turned into mm -hmm. something like that, like there's a lot of people I follow that do what I would call, for lack of a better word, media correspondence, where sure. they do coverage of these festivals or like they're on the Fandango team and they're talking with people at the panelists and doing things like that. Right. I would love to do that. I could see you um, that. There's people I know, like shout out to the Real Blend podcast. If anybody listens to that, Jake Hamilton, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Sean O'Connell, I want to say is his name. He's the mm -hmm. editor over there. Um, great podcast, but like those guys are like benchmarks of people that I kind of idolize in the space. Okay. So I would like to eventually maybe one day be a version of them. So cool. yeah, very cool. Yeah. I think you can like that. You got the stuff for it. I would, I All would right. like to think so. <clears throat> Do you see the podcast taking on any other forms of media? Yeah. Um, within good time, because I am mindful about spreading myself thin. Sure. It's already a lot of work being kind of a one man show and, you know, having to, you know, correspond with the guests 
prep the episodes, do research, any sort of technical stuff when you're recording, post-production, everything like that. So I kind of know where my bandwidth is at right now. But that being said, social media, while I can be the old man bitching into the clouds, being (laughs) like, it's tearing us apart as a society, it is needed for some of the growth that kind of goes with this stuff. So Instagram is where I try to put a lot of my efforts at. There is a Facebook group. I do not do a good job at all of maintaining that. I'm not shy about saying it. Um, But, you know, maybe like TikTok or something like that, if it made sense to, or trying to like figure out a different platform to sort of put the message out. But I also really believe in quality over quantity. And I don't want to spread myself thin. I've been thinking about starting us a TikTok for Mediaverse, but it's like, man, that's just another platform we have to. It's another add one you got to figure out. And it's yeah, we're just not we're just gonna be spread too thin. And it's like you gotta yeah. pick your battles, like you said. Absolutely. What is a dream guest that you would like to have on your show? Jake Daniels. Ah, oh, hey, right there. Yeah. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dream guests. I mean, you know, the, the the sad part is I'm thinking of all the old guys right now, and they're not gonna be around forever. So that's I mean, of course, like Scorsese. Right. Ooh. I mean, De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, let's just get the whole cast on. Um, other people, though, I mean, like, if I'm, I'm trying to think, like, realistically, like, there's there's some really interesting people I would like to have on, like, that I'm interested about, like, their body of work. Um, like, one actor that comes to mind, actually, and I feel like I don't see him do a lot of interviews, uh, is, like, Timothy Oliphant, who oh, yeah. is, uh, he, he was in... Um, just uh well justified, justified of course uh deadwood um yep. he i actually always low-key like saying like shout out to this movie the girl next door he is amazing in that movie as kelly the porn producer he's a oh, he's a right. scumbag he's guy in the movie spiky hair yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yes and i feel like i'm like like why are like more people not talking about how hilarious <laughs> he is in this movie but i don't know like i feel like like just talking to like maybe actors that aren't like so obvious right that like don't do press always so much yep. things like that i just want to have conversations with people like that that are interesting and i think their bodies of work either don't get the acclaim that they deserve or they're not getting asked the right questions mm. to get good responses out of it i don't that's know true. something like that that's it is, that is something that i'm kind of <clears throat> like sick of seeing is all of these like let's just say media correspondents interviewing yeah. all of these actors and, and filmmakers on their press junket and just asking the same boring questions it's like what was it like directing this movie what was something that you really it's enjoyed? difficult it's difficult to like put your own spin on it while also right. like not over talking the person too. Right. Cause interview interviewing is a weird thing I find where I, I almost like hate the term interview because yes, sometimes there is just straight question. I will shut up answer. Right. That's, That's fine. But like, I feel like the ones I gravitate more towards are people that have conversation. Sure. And it is not so like, you know, the person talks for like 20 minutes and then I pop in with a question. It's we're having a solid back and forth right. about something. I feel like there's a gap there a little bit and I don't see it filled as often there's as I'd an like. There's to it, you know, and it's tricky. I'm trying, to, trying figure to figure it out. out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hard. All right. All right. What's another one? Uh, do you ever see screen speak exploring new forms of content? Things like live events, panels. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do, but again, it's, it has to come organically. Sure. And it needs to be something that makes sense for the screen, you know, for the screen speak audience. And then also just what I'm like, kind of the goals are like, I wouldn't just like, if somebody's like, Hey, you want to be like a guest speaker at something that has nothing to do with this? Right. I'm not going to do it. Have you received feedback from, from audience members, like on what they want to see? 
Not as often as I'd like, yeah. to be honest. So I mean, if you watch it, like, if you, see it more. what do you want to see? Tell them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, seriously, my, I, I have an open door policy, email, DM, shit. If you know me personally, you can give me a call. I don't give my phone number out on this thing, but <laughs> I really am open to growing as much as I can, but I also want to stay true because I know if you listen to too many people, you lose what makes you authentic. Like you got to still stay true to what is right to you. Right. But I, I will absolutely hear you out. So if there's something I'm not doing and you're just like, hey, this would probably be good for this guy, you can tell me. And I will I will hear it out. Nice. Yeah. Is there another one on there? There's a couple more. I think this one we kind of already answered. And then okay. um, what, what would you say to any aspiring podcaster uh, looking to venture into that creative territory? You made it through 100 episodes. That's more than a lot of people can say. And so what are some of the lessons you've learned that you would tell to these younger people? So I actually, this was the question, if I'm being honest, Jake, this is the question where, you know, I didn't really read up a lot of the questions that got sent to me, but this was one where I was like, I actually really want to think carefully about what I want to say to yeah. this. And I thought of it. It's two words. Dig deep. That's my advice. The reason why I say that that's my advice is because when you are starting from nothing and that's what I have done and make no mistake anybody that's listening to this or listens to this in the playback i don't have 10,000 followers you know i'm not like viral i mean like i'm not at a level that i would say is like where i want to be i mean i'm always pushing for it you have to dig deep within yourself to find the resilience to be able to continue because everybody it's kind of interesting like when you start doing this there's always kind of like that honeymoon phase as, as a lack of a better word where you're starting and you're just like it feels exciting it's new it's different you're just like i'm gonna do it like people are gonna pay attention to this shit and you're gonna hear crickets sometimes and there's gonna be episodes that don't work and there's right. gonna be stuff that just you know you're just like oh why did i do that or why did i do this and that's where i just say you have to dig deep because the person that actually pushes you through to get further it has to start and stop with you yes. i mean like you are the person that has to do this and you're not always going to get rounds of applause doing this type right. of thing like i can't hear you right now so i think you really have right. to have a lot of resilience to be able to do this and don't give up and it's that's really cheesy right there but it's it's true i had a, I had a friend tell me once like your why cannot be the flowers it cannot what be is the, it? your why cannot be the flowers. It, it cannot what, be okay. the accolades. Your why has to come from within. It has to be. I want to make a podcast because I want to create something because I'm passionate about this subject material. I want to yeah. create anything. And also, there's no such thing as a small creator. You can have five subscribers. You can have five million subscribers. It's true. You are still creating something. Like there's no smallness to that. You know, the audience no. size doesn't matter. I will also tell you too, as far as advice goes to anybody that would be interested in starting the podcast or kind of getting into the space, aside from digging deep, I mean, have some humility. <laughs> I mean, you're going to screw up, okay? Like you're going to have episodes again where I say you're just like, Jesus, I sound like a jackass in that, or I said <laughs> this, or I should have thought about this, or why didn't I think about this in the post-production or the edit or the description. You will find a million ways to critique yourself. And I know it's kind of cheese, like the Nike thing of like, just do it. But like, you kind of do. <laughs> you, you do. You do need you to really just kind do. of do it. And I think what speaks the loudest to people that really have longevity and entertainment is authenticity. 
authenticity yes. all the way. Okay. hundred percent. Even if you evolve, if I like, you know, if I'm like, this is my format right now. And I, you know, maybe I'm like being serious and passionate about this, but I don't know, maybe 10 years from now, I decide to change my perspective and I'm like, I'm going to do like a very history centric thing where I do an accent and I change this. <laughs> if that's who I am at the time, and it's true and it's yes. real, people will respond to it. Yep. It you just can... takes time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the weird thing actually about this that I would say. It's the final thing I'll say because this is a long episode. I I, didn't, I wasn't sure. wasn't sure how this was going to go. Um, there are a lot of things that technology can afford you and certainly make more accessible and easier for you to get into it. But I don't know the shortcut to making success sometimes happen faster than it needs to, I guess. Oh, there isn't one. I mean, like, you might get, like, I just think there is such things as, like, pure luck where it's, like, you just yeah. got seen at the right time by yep. the right people and there's that. But I'm, like, there Some- are certain things, like, it just takes time. Yep. Sometimes you you just happen to hack the algorithm, you know, and you just get found and, and whatever. Yep. But my god there's there's thousands of people out there that are just doing this every day trying to put something out you know and it's it can't be about the audience it can't be about the algorithm it has to just be about the the creativity you want to put out into the world yeah yeah and again i think uh, the the passion thing too you you need to have that if i if (laughs) believe me i did not go into this thinking like oh someone's gonna pick me up and want to pay to build all my stuff and do everything no i i you know i don't have illusions actually that's a whole other separate podcast is people that should actually talk more truthfully to how do you financially make this stuff all (laughs) kind of balance and figure out because like let's be real people i have a day job i do not do this full time right of course i would love to maybe Mm -hmm. one day you never know but the fact is is that you got to grind like you, you got to put the work in and again yeah. dig deep i go back to that dig deep that's what you have to do yep um shit i oh so sorry i i will end the podcast on this i had last minute submitted questions so i wanted to make sure i got to these okay i <laughs> uh, won't say who sent this though I do, I do know who did uh but they said a couple questions i'll just give rapid fire stuff jake feel free to uh feel free to throw into Ooh. the ring on this so, question. There are a ton of movies coming out at the end of the year. Are you excited for any one of them in particular? Oh, man. Killers of the Flower Moon was my most recent one that I was really excited for, and, yep. I, and I do really like it. Yep. Off the top, um, it's not this year, but I did see the trailer for Fall Guy, the new David Leach movie oh, with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I'm excited for that. that. I, I don't. I didn't love Bullet Train, but I love the fact that David Leach is a stuntman and he's making a movie about stuntmen. So right. I'm like, okay, cool. Bullet I'm Train interested. was fun. That was a really fun movie. I hope. I hope. It has, I need to maybe it have the same it. energy. Hmm? Yes, I need to rewatch it again because I watched it once and I was kind of like, eh, I, I didn't love it. Oh, dude, it was. It I liked Aaron like Taylor Johnson in it though. Yeah, he was. He was a scene stealer. Yeah, in the movie. it was I'll a very that. cartoony movie. Just kind of these like off the wall like crazy action stunts, and it's just fun and silly. I did like Atomic and... Blonde. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see this one. It just it has that fun. What else like, is coming out though? You're in. Um, hmm. so the one I'm excited about is another horror movie. I'm sorry. It's, Don't be uh, sorry. It's... Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hey. Hey. No, I'm excited for that A too. A proper <laughs> Thanksgiving horror movie. Come on. I mean, okay, so. I'm not just saying that because like you you like horror and everything. So I was talking to someone about this. Uh, I think it was 
I think it was my little brother or like his girlfriend or something where we were talking about like, you know, things to do around Thanksgiving time and stuff. And I'm like, there is a Thanksgiving horror movie coming out. Hell. And they're just like, huh? Like what? Cause it's like, <laughs> you think, you know, Michael Myers and the slashing and all yeah. that. But this is a guy dressed like a pilgrim, basically that's killing people. I yeah. mean, it seems kind of, I don't want to say like scream like or something like that, but there, there I is think it's a very much. Yeah. Similar to Halloween. I know what you did last summer, but there. I, I like the fact that they're taking a time of the year that you ordinarily would not associate with that, and yep. they're like, hey, we're going to tell like a good old-fashioned slasher story. There's going to yeah. be some probably dumbass people that get killed. Yeah. Um, you know, you got, uh, what is it, Patrick Dempsey? Is he in there? Yeah. Um, I was just kind of like, I was like, okay, like, whatever. Uh, like, no, is it Dermot Mulroney? Uh, he might be in it, too. Or I don't, I I don't know. I get those two mixed up. It is Patrick Dempsey. You're right. You're right, right, right. No, it's the, not the, Patrick Dempsey, is he... He was in like Grey's Anatomy. I was just about to say that. For some reason, I'm thinking about that movie where he. I, it's not. I never even saw the movie. He was in this romantic comedy where he's like a maid of honor or something like that. Like, why the hell do I remember that? Uh, I don't know. I know Shell Monahan's in it. I want to say. Right, right, right. What the hell's wrong with my brain? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Excited one, for, for that. Sure. I'm trying to think. Um, God damn. Uh, oh, oh, what's that one? I need the uh, cheat on Silent here. Night. Oh shit! With uh, 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 Joel Kinnaman, Joel Kinnaman, new John Woo movie, no dialogue. It's a no dialogue. No John dialogue. Wick. Well, I'm sure there is. He's just. I think he's mute, right? He like. Is he the only one that has no dialogue? I or think, you think so. like 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 because I I, oh, like, I would there re- isn't any dialogue at I all. I heard there was none, but I could I could be off. Oh, that's wild. Because I I was like, uh, hang, hang on here. I got a 2023, not 20. Jesus Christ, not 2093, 2093. Uh, movie releases. Okay, let's see. Um, uh, I gotta almost like go to like the year year, year end. end. Yeah, yeah, hang November, on. I gotta, December. I gotta put down this piece of paper here for a second. Jake, kill some airtime here. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk about Squarespace. <laughs> Squarespace is an all-in-one platform where you can design your website, set up. Mar- I have no idea what this ad reads. It's, it's like We're not sponsored heard, by Squarespace. You've heard about uh, some podcasts that do. It's like simply safe. They do like they do like that. The the, the blatant ad reads that just kind of just show. <laughs> we should up. do like fake ad reads. Like that uh, would be fun. Let's talk about uh, Gatorade. We can sponsor Gatorade. Gatorade doesn't sponsor this podcast, but we oh, get okay. Gatorade all the time. All right, I got some movies. I'm cheating here, everybody. I, I right, pulled up the thing. I am excited for David Fincher's The Killer. It comes out soon. Michael Fassbender is playing a hitman. Yeah. yeah oh my god yeah i mean like it's like some people are like kind of like kind of being dicks in my opinion they're just like oh it's like fincher's being safe and exploring like murder and like you know seedy stuff but i'm like but that's what he's good at right so i'm like what, what's what's wrong with a guy being in his lane it's like, fincher I, i'm gonna go see it yeah um so that's definitely exciting let's see uh speaking of michael fassbender next goal wins the taika waititi movie uh, about the shitty soccer team oh. or something that actually <laughs> looks like it, it, it could be good now, i'm not gonna say it's gonna be like critically acclaimed but considering most people are pissed off about thor love and thunder I, it might, yeah, it might help say, with that i haven't been impressed with taika but i think that might have been more mcu studio than taika because There's i love jojo rabbit that. There's, yeah. there's just a lot that goes into yeah. like the MCU. I love movie. what we do in the shadows. I love everything else that he's done besides. What are Marvel your thoughts things. on the Napoleon movie with Ridley Scott? That is going to be a trip, dude. Yeah, but that, I, movie, that that movie is gonna, it's obviously going to win Best Picture. Like we know that. You think so? Yes. It's going to just like it'll beat Scorsese. Be for the, the yeah, it'll absolutely beat Scorsese. Um, you feel wow? Yeah, Napoleon's going to win for sure. I think you're going to get Best Historical, Actor and uh, Best Film. 
Um, See, I don't know. So, so Ridley Scott sometimes I feel like gets snubbed by the Academy. Like he's he's like I think sometimes we take him for granted, like how good he is at making an epic, considering the guy's also in his eighties, just like Scorsese. That's true. Um, now we we're eating good this fall. We got Scorsese. Oh no, wait, we, we we have stuff. some great stuff. And again, like cherish these people while they're around because I don't want to be like yeah. the asshole that's like forming the Deadpool. But like Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino, like all these legends, Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, they're, they're fucking up there. Yeah, that's fair. I don't want to be an ass, but I'm like cherish they it cherish while you it. can, man, because like they're like it's, it's a part. Of, it, they will be in that generation soon where they're like you don't make them like that anymore. Like they are just not like that. Yeah. anymore that's it's a part of history so i don't know you got to cherish it but the napoleon thing I'll, I'll say this i definitely want to see it um i actually am a fan of the last duel i feel like ridley scott like that movie just kind of like sure just flew sure. under the radar it did um but the thing i am skeptical about is the fact that joaquin phoenix appears to not even in the slightest be trying to pretend that he's french <laughs> oh that's fair i don't see any inkling of him trying to do yeah. an accent or anything. And I admit I'm, I'm skeptical because I don't understand necessarily the why. Cause I know he's a capable actor that can do, he could do a French accent. He could do easily. it. He could have probably spoken French for it, but I'm also an open-minded person. And if there is a reason that he's like, nah, I don't need to do that. And I can tap into this character gonna, in another way. If it's like everyone else is speaking with a French accent, that might be it could different. Be, it could be jarring. But if they decided to do like, okay, we're just going to like blank slate this thing. Everyone has whatever accent they bring to the table. Fine. But I know this project's been on Ridley Scott's radar for some time. It originally was supposed to be called Kit Bag. And I don't know why they oh. changed the, the title of it. I know that name has some meaning for something to do with Napoleon. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then I'll shut up here and finish answering these questions <laughs> um i was gonna say the bike riders jeff nichols movie um i've heard of it so that's austin butler and tom hardy 1960s motorcycle gang cool i just summed it up pretty well yeah got I'm delayed in. indefinitely due to the actor strike <laughs> so yeah. who the hell knows on that i'll give one more and then i will shut up um i was oh, gonna okay. say i was gonna say dune but that's that's got delayed delayed till next year yeah, screw it. I'll say Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Bro, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I'm a okay. two-parter. Two-parter. I'm a big Zack Snyder fan. So you like I like really get am. all into like the Snyder verse and like the the uh, Justice League cut, get, like the whole get out of the superhero genre and just like go make Dawn your awesome Dead. stuff. Yeah, Dawn of the Man. Dead, Army of the Dead, even was really fun. It actually was. Army of Thieves, brilliant. Yes. Like awesome movie. Shout out! I will say this. Uh, this will Sucker be the punch. Three hundred. Come on. This is going to be the most unexpected Zack Snyder shout-out. Okay, you ready? Legend of the Guardians. Owls of Cthulhu. Oh, amazing movie. Why the hell is no one talking about that? Amazing movie, dude. Animation is literally fucking top tier. It is Lion King and Lord of the Rings and Owls jammed together. It's so good. That movie's so good and it's still I still have a a funny story with us. I went to the the movie theater with my good friend Derek. He's one of my best friends. And we definitely felt like the the kind of older weirdos there because everybody else that was there was like a family and kids kind of thing. Right. And like we're like these like nerdy people that are like, I want to see Zack Snyder's doing the animation and stuff. <laughs> um, but it was like an amazing theatrical experience. Like that movie does not get the credit. I wish it had gotten a sequel because I yep. think it's based off a book. Zack Snyder does Great. his best when a studio exec is like, do whatever you want. It is true. You know? When he asks for like full reign to like just like go crazy, yep. like I think – 
he he definitely gets people. He gets the butts. Yeah, the I think Rebel Moon's going to be a knockout. It's probably not going to win excited. anything. I think it's just going to be wildly. Well, you know, it was originally a Star Wars treatment. Yes. Right. Yes. So, like, but I, I love that he was like, that. "Screw that, we're going to make our own thing." I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty ballsy, and obviously, like he got. I mean, for lack of a better word, the internet on his side with the Justice League mm-hmm. and everything that happened with that. But yeah, I'll, I'm a fanboy, <clears throat> like for sure. Next question. This one, this one, I did read it before. This is from the same person. It's kind of a divisive question, but I'll read it. Will you go to see Aquaman two after the whole Depp Heard drama? The person further mm-hmm. goes on to state that they, her and her husband, will be voting with their dollars after Warner Brothers had fired Johnny Depp from Fantastic Beast. Okay. The whole scandal that happened there. Uh, but not taking out Amber Heard uh, from the movie. And there's, of course, all the behind-the-scenes drama with the reshoots that have happened for reshoots, actually, if really? you're paying attention, which is kind of excessive even for that. Um, so I don't know. Aquaman 2. I mean, I wasn't gonna go see it regardless. Um, just, just, just because. I mean, I yeah, I'm just I'm pulling out of superheroes hard, man. It's I just can't really do it anymore. I, I mean, I'll probably watch it. Eventually. Is it the is it fatigue with just fatigue. like too much, or yeah. like the story's just and, not as connected as it was once was? And the like, stories just aren't as good anymore. They're yeah. just they're just <clears throat> trying to churn out that content. You know, it's become less about the film of it all, and it's become content. As far as it almost kind of feels like in a weird way, like not that I am a fan of, I shouldn't say I'm not a fan, but like I just don't play it. It feels almost like Assassin's Creed to me, where it's like there's just a new title every year. And yeah, it's like just they feel like they like, have to do it. It's so just kind of like a brand, and they're just like, eh, yeah, just churn and it out. People will pay for it. Warner Brothers it. has no um, idea what they're doing with that story, anyways, with the no. whole universe, because they've they've axed all of the good parts of it, and now they're trying to like salvage the remnants that people can, you know. Yeah. right along with it <laughs> and so, adding in more stuff and different things and it's like everyone's just confused and tired of it my yeah. answer is actually really similar to yours in that i i mean I'm, I'm very much in the same thing i mean like all the the drama with the movie aside i saw the first aquaman movie when it came out I did too. um it's a fun movie i mean like there's cool stuff like, like and it was J- james, james Wan. Wan, like, like yeah i mean like i like the guy yeah. like there's it's a it's a fun popcorn movie. Jason Momoa is Jason Momoa. Is I mean, Jason he, Momoa? He, he brings he brings a lot of charisma to to Aquaman, a person yeah. that was basically historically made fun of for years for being the guy that talks to fish, and yeah. they definitely did a different take with it. But that being said, there's just been so much that has happened with superhero universes, both with DC and Marvel, that Aquaman was just not a story that I was overly vested in. I just wasn't. I mean, will I see the movie out of curiosity? Honestly, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I will. I don't think it's something I need to rush out to to try to go see. I mean, right. it'd probably look great in like IMAX or something with all the special effects. But yeah. I I don't know. Like when it when it, my my take that'll get on this because I know I want to answer the heart of the question of just like, yeah, do you even address you. the stuff that has the, happened? The Amber with heard it? of it all. Amber Heard and just any time pretty much that you know real life seeps into the production of right. the film and stuff like that um, I mean what do you, well, what do you think Luke? I mean I th- man <laughs> it's a lot I to think unpack. that it's unfair to boycott a film because of one person like voting with your dollar against an entire production because of one person right. that, that it would be 
almost disastrous to the storyline if they had to remove that person. Like I'm, I'm thinking also of Jonathan Majors right now as Kang in MCU. Ooh, right, yeah, he's facing the hot water. Um, probably and still a scumbag. Like no, there's like no word on that. Right, alleged like, scumbag. You know, yeah. for the most part, and. What are they going to do? He's holding the torch for their entire next phase. That's nuts. And what do you do? You know? Um, but I mean, there's also, you got to think about the hundreds of people that have their jobs on the line that have to make this movie. The VFX <clears throat> artists, the writers, the actors, the filmmakers, right. all the cameramen, you know, the grips, everything. They're all putting their time and effort into this and you want to support them as well. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the Amber Heard of it all, I think that... I don't. I don't know. I, I guess that uh, he's a scumbag. She's a scumbag. We're all scumbags, <laughs> right? Um, but I, I wouldn't let that be the driving factor for why I do or don't go see something. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, ultimate... I don't, and I don't think that W the the Warner Brothers, you know, supports domestic violence in any way. No, I think that they no, would absolutely I... like. And, and and let's be real, to be perfectly frank, the people that are going to pay the most attention to this are either people like us, people that are you know, content creators, filmmakers, etc. I mean, the industry people will have more of an opinion about this than your average moviegoer. Some average mm-hmm. moviegoers, I mean, like, yes, they know about the Johnny Depp trial and stuff like that, but are they really going to get into the weeds and like be like, well, like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to do the support because of that? Right. I mean, probably not. The way that I look at this, it's in two parts, and then my answer's done, is that A, you have the part where where you're looking at where the DCU is at, you know, MCU, DCU. Um, DCU is in a near reset right now because of, um, oh God, what the fuck is his name? James Gunn. James Gunn. I was about to say James Wan, but I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, James Gunn, he's doing, a, of course, a reboot of Superman, uh, David Cornsweet, uh, Rachel Brosnan, this whole thing. Yeah. But the point is, is that that is Shame. supposed to be the resetting thing. And so my, my speculation on Aquaman right now is kind of just like, well, the Flash tanked at the box office for various <laughs> reasons. So we have Aquaman. this movie that's been troubled with legal shit, with people's personal lives, right. reshoots, etc. I think they're like, just let's make the best movie possible. Dump it and just kind of get it out there at this point because we can't hang on to it and we've spent a shitload of money we're gonna lose no matter what and we have to just look forward and not worry about this thing's connective tissue and stuff so i think the movie itself might be okay um but is it going to be something that's going to have like a large effect in the superhero scheme of things on their end? I don't think so. And as far as the legal stuff on there, this is where you have to do the whole, do I separate art from the artist kind of thing? Yeah. Right. And my thing for this is like Jason Momoa, he's not a turd, like as far as I know. So I don't think it's bad for him. If they trimmed Amber Heard out of it unfairly, like, I mean, sure. That would suck if she did all that stuff. She wasn't in the trailer. No, I mean she was in it for like a split second. Oh, was she? Yeah, like a very, like a very. I didn't even notice it, her. It's literally like like just like two seconds. I think that's that's probably the editor's job is to like, hey, notice yeah. her as little as possible, please. I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, look, if you're going through which I would just call the court of public opinion with their case, and yeah. if you watched it, and I admit, I went down the rabbit hole deep with that thing. Did you? Oh, I did. I mean, I watched the Netflix documentary. Oh, I didn't go thing. too hard oh, into it. Oh shit, man! I, I spent way too much time on it. Right, right. I'm under the opinion Amber Heard is not great. Took sure. a dump on Johnny Depp's bed. I mean, I, I'm going to say definitively that I think that that happened. But it's still a he said, she said thing. So I'm not going to 100% right. know. 
That being said, I still will lean with Mr. Jake on this just because I, I really do actually agree with this, not just because he's here. Um, a lot of people go to make this movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of external events that happened that are beyond the control of the movie itself. Absolutely. And that's so that's where I'm just like, shit, get it out there. It is what it is for it. I mean, maybe it'll end up being a cult thing where it's like, yeah, I never extended it out to the rest of the universe. But, I mean, shit, they really salvaged this thing up, and it might just be a great movie. I hope it is. Honestly, I hope it I mean, is. I that's, that's what I hope. I don't – it has a it – it does not look good for me because any no, movie that not. has multiple reshoots and Four. controversy dripping in it, like it's – you will see. The odds are stacked against you. I hope they nail it, though. I really do. Um, okay. I think we touched on that enough. And then the very last thing that this person said, and I know this person personally that asked the question, but, um, not surprised. They asked, since it's that time of year, what is your all time favorite Christmas movie? Because no one really gives a shit about Thanksgiving movies. Excuse me. It's not that time of the year. I know. It's like, it's early. We're jumping the gun. It's November. (laughs) But. I will still answer the Christmas question. Uh, favorite Christmas movie without overthinking it too much? Uh, Home Alone. Oh, that's such a good one. I mean, it's cliche, but I mean, like, yeah. shit, Home Alone's great. And, and I love the criminals getting beat up at the end. And I mean, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. That's a staple for me. You got to watch Home Alone at least twice. Home Alone 2, I would also argue, is more entertaining. Maybe not thematically as good because it's basically like a copy paste of the first one with better elements thrown in with New York. But I mean, hell, it's, it's a, a perf- fun movie. It's a perfect sequel. They took all the things that worked in the first and they, they upped the ante a little bit. They changed the, the environment. They changed like just enough while just still enough. keeping it familiar. Same villain, same hilarity. Like, I loved it. Yeah. Um, Christmas movie, though. For me, man, I have a whole playlist of Christmas movies that I have to watch. It's got to be. You got Christmas Vacation. Sure. You've got Home Alone. Uh, you've got. I'm blanking on it right now. I could, Christmas Story. I don't did watch it. That? I don't watch that every year. They, they made. A, I didn't, They made a sequel. Did, did they you say that? Like, a, like, uh, like Peter Billingsley came back for it. It was on HBO Max exclusively. I never saw it. Maybe, maybe it's good. I don't know. Uh, Scrooged is so fun. I've only seen that once. You and I barely Scrooge. remember it. Bobcat Goldthwait and Bill Murray. <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, mm. Krampus is good for, to me. Never seen Krampus. You gotta watch Krampus. I am familiar year. with like what Krampus is. Yeah. but I have not seen that. Tony Collette is in it, and she's just fantastic. Isn't Adam Scott in that too? Adam Scott. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And is a. Um, I can never pronounce his last name. It's, it's David, the guy from Anchorman. Yeah. You know, champ. Whammy! That the, guy. David. His last name is a bitch. Like, I, yeah. it's tough. Um, I know he's in it. Yeah, Christmas. I'll have to watch I, that movie. There's so many Christmas movies. Uh, favorite of all time? I I can't pick one. It's, uh, it's tough. Die Hard. I'm going to go with Die Hard. I will say this. And we had this I, discussion last time. Do we have this? The Die Hard and Lethal Weapon? Damn it! You knew where I was going. I, with you it. know what? I, we have a whole, we have a whole short. <laughs> That's of it. true, though. We did. It's true. <laughs> but like, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that. Anytime Dyer comes up, I'm like, "Where is Lethal Weapon in the Christmas movie discussion?" <laughs> it's the same damn thing. It takes place during Christmas, for God's sake. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna add to the little clip that we made. Like, why is it not in the zeitgeist? guys? I'm, I'm so upset about this, but it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um. This has definitely been one of the longer podcast episodes, but I, I I wanted it to go well, 
it went this well because of all the questions that got submitted by yeah. everybody that was listening to this. So again, I can't thank you enough for that. If this is something that you enjoyed being AMA or just kind of having a question answer type of session with me, let me know. Seriously. Um, rate the podcast. Send me feedback on this. I mean, you know, I might revisit this again. I'll explore this, but I want to be able to engage with the audience as much as possible because really it's the whole cliche, the cliche shit. Without you, this is meaningless. Like, I, this means nothing. So, seriously, um, I can't thank you guys enough for watching, listening to this. If you have been here since the beginning, I and mean, shit, I could, there could be no one on here, and then whatever. <laughs> You'll listen to it in post. It's there fine. Um, Jake, Michael back there, working on the producing train. Mediaverse, shout out to them for doing this. This was entirely going to be shot in my home office before. It was just going to be done there. It was not going to have <laughs> near the the work that it had put into this. So that is all thanks to these guys. So really shout out to them. Check yeah. out Mediaverse Studios as well if you are in the Iowa area. Even if you're not, dare I say, not to like try to like flood you guys with filmmakers, but <laughs> maybe one day you'd be open to having like out-of-state people be like, hey, like we want to shoot something here in Iowa. Oh, absolutely. Let's, let's come on over. That's the whole thing. I feel goal. like that's part of the vision yeah, too. So anyways, that's all I got to say. You got any final words for this 100th no, episode? Man. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I know. That's, that's <laughs> a big accomplishment, man. Huge milestone. And I'm glad that we were here for it. That's awesome. Okay. That's it, everybody. Thank you very much Congrats. for listening. If you have been here this long and uh, I'm going to shut up now. That's it. Bye. Hello, hello. It looks like you have stumbled across an Easter egg in this episode of ScreenSpeak, or you just skipped to the end of the episode and saw that there was some extra time left, and you're like, huh, what the hell is this? Either way, either way, the reason for this extra audio is that I had someone submit to me a voicemail question via this new service that I'm trying out called SpeakPipe. Uh, and this is a service that allows you, the listener, to be able to send me a voicemail, almost kind of like call-in radio back in the old days where, you know, you can, you know, call the show and I'll answer your question. Uh, but it's a new 21st century way of doing that. And this person, long story short, called, sent me a question, and I completely forgot to play it live on the show like I said I was going to. So I wanted to make sure that I actually addressed this question and then went ahead and actually ended the episode properly. So, I'm going to play this listener's question, answer it right now before I call this episode an actual wrap, but I did want to say, if ever in the future you are interested in submitting a question by way of audio message, especially after you listen to this bonus segment here, stay tuned as it's likely not going to be the last time that I'm going to be exploring this. So, here we go. Hey Jordan, long time caller, first time listener. Has there been a show or a movie that you watched and you didn't like it the first time, but then you went back and watched it and you liked it. Curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, that has definitely been something that has happened. And two times that actually comes to mind. And I will tell you what those are right now. So the first time and probably the most distinguishable time this happened was back in 2011 and the movie drive came out with Ryan Gosling. That's directed by Nicholas winding Refn. Now, I think critically, 
at least critically with this movie, I think the critics really were like drooling all over it. I, th- I think like they really liked it from like a filmmaking level, just like a, on a movie purist level, if you will. They're just like, man, like this is such a well-constructed, great thriller. This is so fantastic. Ryan Gosling, blah, blah, blah. And the first time I watched it, I thought it was boring. I thought it was slow. I was like, where's the dialogue in here? Ryan Gosling acts like a robot, but he has a cool scorpion jacket. Like, I I don't get it. Like, why is this movie being obsessed over as much as it is? And I admit over the years and after repeat viewings of it, the movie has had a way of sticking with me. And you might actually ask yourself on that. Well, if you just thought it was boring and slow, why would you go ahead and rewatch it? Right? Well, this is one of those movies where I think it makes you think about it long after you see it. And I just started to realize that there was something with this movie that I couldn't quite put my thumb on at the time where I'm like, why do I want to go back and watch it? Even though, like, I I mean, I didn't think that Gosling's that great in the movie. I mean, Ron Perlman's in there and Albert Brooks is playing against type. Like, that's cool. But I don't know. I didn't really like the movie that much. So why am I wanting to go back and watch it? And the reason I think I came up with for this is because over time... I have now seen how well put together this movie is. It's incredibly well paced, has probably about the perfect runtime for a movie like this. I do think in hindsight, Ryan Gosling is actually quite good at having a lot be boiled under the surface that he is not letting bubble up and explode. He's an incredibly reserved and restrained character in the movie. It has a terrific soundtrack. Uh, The action and the violence, when it is there, it is brutal and memorable. And I also did appreciate, again, more upon rewatch, Albert Brooks and just how different he is in this movie compared to his whole body of work virtually before that. So Drive is definitely a movie that I think I got wrong the first time. And I'm happy to say that I think it is a really good movie and one that I would argue is actually one of Ryan Gosling's best movies. Now, the other one that this happened to, and I don't think I had as strong of a, oh, now I like love it thing. And I won't even know if I could say I love this movie, but I think it gets a lot of hate and I I don't really know why. Uh, That is the Scarlett Johansson uh, 2016 adaptation of the anime Ghost in the Shell. So Ghost in the Shell with ScarJo. Um, I don't get why more people don't like this movie i I could tell you the reason like myself when i watched it i was just kind of like ah you know like yeah i saw the anime and it was fairly kind of paint by numbers compared to that it didn't really like have some like deep message in it was at least the first instinct i had when i first watched that movie but then when i go back to rewatch it i'm just blown away by the attention the detail just artistically put into matching the anime to live action and just how good the movie actually looks. Um, If you own a 4k player, this movie looks phenomenal and sure, you know, there might be some story beads in there and you might even be against the casting of Scarlett Johansson as you know, seeing as she's not uh, an Asian person playing this thing that's based off of, uh, you know, Japanese anime. I mean, that's, that's not my place to say for it. I think she does really well in the movie. Um, I like seeing this type of source material get this kind of a budget and cast thrown behind it. I also really like the actor, and I never get his name right, uh, Pilo Pilo Azbeck. I'm probably completely butchering his name. If you've seen this guy in one thing, you've seen him in a lot of different things, and he's just one of those guys where when he shows up in a movie, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a better movie now because he's in it. And I thought he's awesome. Uh, Julia uh, Benoche, if I'm saying her name right, probably not. 
Um, she's good. Clint Manziel does the score for the movie, also does a really good job. Um, and I just really think that if you're looking as far as just adaptation-wise to rate this movie, it does a pretty faithful job of being true to the source material, all while boosting it with incredible visuals and it's a pretty breezy, easy movie to watch and enjoy yourself after you watch it. So, I don't know. I think the movie is not deserving of the hate. Uh, though I admit when I watched it, I was just kind of like, eh. Uh, but I've now watched it a couple of times since it's come out. And I would say those are my answers to your questions. So, thank you so much for submitting that. And thanks again to everybody that listened to the 100th episode in its entirety of Screen Speak. If you're still here at the end, I know you're a real one. You're a real fan. True fan. So, thank you so very much for being here for that. Appreciate you. I'm out. <laughs>